Leave me alone, Tinder. I'm trying to record a podcast. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and welcome to our Oscar Best Picture Podcast Extraordinaire. Are you using the Tinder intro as part of the intro? I don't think you left enough space. <laughs> That's enough. You know, it's a little peek behind the curtain. Well, now it's too late because I've already mentioned uh, Yeah, Tinder. so it's a, it's a peek behind the curtain. You say that every time. You just don't want to edit a podcast. Nah, it's interesting to people. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey, joined again today as always by, oh boy, we've done it again. We've seen every Best Picture nominee for 2023. That rhymed. And I didn't even mean to do it that time. That time I did. But it didn't really rhyme, so. How you doing, Aaron? <laughs> You never said my last name, right? Just, I uh, never do. I never a, do. <laughs> give me a long, uh, long middle name. Uh, it, it's I was, I was waiting you. for the Han. I always wait sorry, for the Han. I'm sorry. I never, I never remember. Yeah, yeah Han. I there have seen all the Best Picture nominations. You're right. <laughs> there you go. So we. And my uh, last name is Han. <laughs> we haven't done a podcast in a minute. No, we haven't. <laughs> do you think people would be able to tell? I don't think anyone listens anymore. <laughs> That's not true. I think if you wait a year between episodes, everyone gives up on you, huh? <laughs> That's fair. Maybe if I would have just uploaded the two that were on my computer that I didn't realize I didn't upload, you know? Maybe di- maybe things would be different. Who knows? But that's not what we're talking about today. No. <laughs> we're talking about the best picture nominees. Yes. Leading up to our number one Best picture for Gateway to Cinema, reboot already underways, best picture winner. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm I'm pretty excited. Okay. We got some we got some good entries this year, you know? I will say this is probably the best year for best picture. That we've done one of these, uh... That we've done one of these, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I I was gonna say that I can remember, but like obviously I can remember before I was born. Well, I can't remember, but I know about it. Probably the best of the ones where we've seen every nominee. Yes, 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 definitely. So well, let's there, just... there was nothing I was dreading watching. <laughs> no. <laughs> there was no Joker or Don't oh Look Up God. this year. Uh... Well, we had already seen Joker, so, you know. Yes, we had. <laughs> we had. Well, you know what? We'll see And you two. know what? We'll see no, Joker we too, next. We, we will. No, we will. No, we will. <laughs> anyway. We'll have to see it, because it will be Best Picture again, huh? I think that's when I just give up. I can't do it anymore, you know? <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're talking about either. So what we did is I took our ranked list of the best pictures. I believe we did this last year. I thought it was going to be a fun little treat. Except Aaron informed me that we did this last year. So I don't remember those things, I guess. Uh, but anyway, so I ranked. We took the ranked list, gave them a score, and we did a little combined weighted list. Not really weighted, I suppose. Unless we gave number one, like, 20 points. That would be a very different list. (laughs) Anyway, so we're starting with the one that was the lowest of our combined scores. Uh, Coming in at the bottom of both my list and your list for a combined points of two, (laughs) we have Boz Lerman's Elvis. Yeah, I figured this would be the case, though. Yeah, yeah. I, uh... I don't really understand how this got nominated for Best Picture. Money, I guess? I think it's just they like Lerman's style. Sure. They like Elvis. It was a big box office hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just try to go for a little more variety. And uh, I think it's also just because Austin Butler is, you know, a very clear front runner for Best Actor. 
Yes. And I think that kind of boosted its chances um, for the Best Picture race as well. I would have to agree with that. Uh, I just watched this. I caught up on, like, five of these movies in the last couple days. So I'm I'm coming kind of fresh off the presses. A lot more fresh than I am because I, uh, I watched Elvis a long while ago. True. So that's going to be interesting on some of these because I feel like, uh, well, actually, uh, no, okay, never mind. Anyway, uh, so Elvis. Yes. What'd you think, Aaron? It's at the bottom of your list. Why did you hate it? Why did you hate it so much? I mean, much? the thing is, um, it is just very much a uh, very routine music biopic um, that we've seen hundreds of times before um, with just like the tiniest amount of flair from uh, Lerman's editing that takes it to a, you know, a different kind of level. Yeah. You know? But the actual storytelling, it's like, yeah, we get it. You know, here's the, he's a nobody, no one knows him, he gets picked up by an agent, he, uh, he's nervous uh, in his first performance, but then he skyrockets to the top of the charts, and then uh, when he gets, you know, at his peak, then he starts, uh, you know, coming down, and then there's the inevitable, you know, crash of the career and Heavy all that. Heavy is the it's... head, but where's <laughs> the king of rock and roll's crown? <laughs> But I just, this year, after I watched Elvis, I watched uh, Walk Hard, the Mm -hmm. Dewey Cox story, which just, you gotta watch this movie, because you're gonna love it, because it is just playing how, you know, it's playing into how all of these movies are exactly the same, and we all know these tropes. Like, there's a reason why we enjoy watching these movies, Mm -hmm. um, but they're all just the same. And this one's no different. (laughs) No, not at all. The only thing that I'd say gives this one a bit of an edge over something like Bohemian Rhapsody, which, God, I hated Bohemian Rhapsody. I never did end up watching that one uh, that year. So, Well, yeah, I didn't want to bother that year. Um, The thing that does separate this a little bit more is that the editing flair and the, the style of the first half of the movie is at least super strong and carries you through. Um to the boring middle and end. But that for, that's the other thing. The movie's way too long. It's like three hours. Like, why? It doesn't yeah. need to be that long at all. Well, I think the flaw was because they made the framing device about uh, Tom Hanks' uh, exploitation. Well, I shouldn't say Tom Hanks, but, you know, his character's <laughs> yeah. exploitation. Tom Hanks, dang it! <laughs> Tom Hanks, you know, he should be locked up for different crimes based on this movie, okay, you know? Okay, there we go. I didn't know what... I'm like, hey, maybe let's not lean into the conspiracy theory Tom Hanks stuff. You've heard about that. I haven't. Oh. I, I, I don't, you don't stay plugged you, into conspiracy theories. I'm I, sorry. I don't either. But these are, there are some things that you just hear and you're just like, Twitter is just a we're terrible not, We're not talking about Twitter. We're talking about we're the talking movie about itself. So and remember when he did That's his, all the evidence we'll need in court. Uh. <laughs> remember how, with his uh, silly voice he did? It's no, kind of, I don't. Uh, could you uh, could you give me an example of the I don't uh, do voices, Aaron? No, that's... but maybe we'll have a special guest later in the well, podcast. Well, that's or... the thing. I didn't want to. You know, it's it's we've been gone a long time. I didn't want to overwhelm you with a special guest. I invited someone. Yeah. If they come through, that is what it is. You know. Okay. Well, um, we'll see. Maybe they'll come. They're through running by the end a of the late. Elvis segment. We they're... can go back to talking about the movie. You yeah, know? they're running a little late, but let's see what happens. You know. Um, 
Yeah, but so. yeah, Tom Hanks is so bad in this, and Austin <laughs> Butler is so good, and yeah. it's very, it's very frustrating that contrast in their scenes. You know, it is very interesting too because it's a. I was worried when you see the trailer, Austin Butler doesn't really like do much in the trailer, and like you don't get to hear like a full like. You don't get like a full look at him as Elvis until you're actually watching the movie, and then you're like, then oh, that a couple little scenes they showed in the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's a weird voice. Like I don't know, that like that seems like that's gonna be weird. And I think those were just weird lines pulled out of context because I don't think he's just doing the Elvis caricature, like, hey, pretty mama, <laughs> you know, like that thing the entire time. Wow, he's you could actually, have been Elvis. Yeah, pretty much in real life. Uh, well, see, he doesn't have to try very hard, because that's just his natural voice, uh, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> that's I, a conspiracy theory that? that I do. Uh, <laughs> that one I know. <laughs> yeah, that that one's not even conspiracy theory. That's just Austin Butler being weird. <laughs> like, what the heck, man? I think it's funny. I, I, I think it's funny that he just keeps on doing this. I and, think uh, it would be funny if it was... I don't. I, I don't think it's he's self aware about it. Like I just don't think he can be. How could he keep going on like this if it was self aware? I think the thing is, you know, he's kind of doing like a stay in character thing until the Oscars races through mm. to kind of try to sell the idea that he, you know, so embodied the spirit of Elvis that like it, it practically possessed him. It overtook his body and his voice, kind of deal. <laughs> He's yeah. trying to sell that kind of narrative. Of course. Um, and then as soon as he either wins or loses this award, you know, it's either going to get a lot better or a lot worse, you know? Oh, he loses and he's like, all right, I'm doubling down. Yeah. <laughs> Look what you could have had. You could have had everything. <laughs> now you get none of it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was just kind of like, it's definitely one of those movies where. I think that beginning is so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that, obviously, with biopics like this, take everything with a grain of salt, you know? <laughs> Who knows what's real in it and stuff? But there are things that I'm like, okay, that I, like, after looking it up, I'm like, yeah, that was a thing that happened that is interesting kind of thing. Um, so there is that, and it's edited so well. Well, I don't even know if well is the right word. It's edited so interestingly. <laughs> the one moment where it's like the fever dream thing with like the casino wheel that turns into like the yeah. Star Trek Enterprise like flying away and you're like that that was <laughs> Yeah. It's the like best I don't know, editing. Uh, I don't know if it's good, but damn it I like looking at it, you know. It really like, did capture that 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 like fever dream uh, state, you yeah, know? Sure. I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> um I wanted more of that, though. There wasn't... That's the thing. If it would have stayed that level throughout the entire movie, I think there would be a different conversation here. I don't think it would be last. I gotta say, I don't think it would be last on our list. It could have done something. And then, by the end, it's just like, and here we go, things are sad now. And it's like, okay, but can we get weird and sad still? No. Okay, sorry. <laughs> like, uh, I guess not. Yeah, and I think you're right, I don't know if you said it on the podcast, but you said it earlier, where it's like the idea, because he's trapped in the casino in a way, yeah. that the the filmmaking becomes a lot more static to probably emphasize that fact, which, yeah, you can agree with as a technique, it's just, yeah, it makes it the just film doesn't less make interesting. interesting. Yeah, interesting locations or visuals or anything like that. Um, yeah, I... That's another one that I was just like, oh, I, I didn't realize that. I knew he did a lot in Las Vegas. I didn't realize that was what was going on there. But Yeah, I mean, I did not know a whole lot about Elvis's uh, 
life uh, before this movie, and you're right that you do kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, there's some interesting stuff here, and then there's some stuff that they like obviously gloss over. Yeah, like they never mention his wife's age at any point. They in their say a young scene. teen <laughs> overseas. How young, Tom? <laughs> How young, good old Tom Hanks? Tell me the truth. <laughs> I can't handle the truth. So there are there are bits that are you know deliberately obscured and other bits that are uh, played up uh, but yeah that, you know it's an interesting story for what it is yeah absolutely um yeah that's the thing it's like everyone else is just doing something and then austin butler is really the only one who carries this movie so it's between it's austin butler one. and the music that's what well yeah the music the obviously yeah is great and i do think I, I don't even know how if this was received well or not, but I do think the like the the flares of modernity in there, you know, like we got Doja Cat little needle drop in there. I'm like, that's something. That's interesting. You don't see that very often, so I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do think it's an interesting approach to you know kind of illustrate kind of the legacy of an artist yes. to incorporate modern artists. Um, with, you know, fresh spins on the same material. Yeah. So I did really think that was a good approach. How do we feel about uh, the Eminem song at the end? Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant Eminem like the candies. I was on a completely <laughs> different train of thought. <laughs> he did go to war. I didn't see any Eminems, though. You know, something's not right there. Well, they can't, they can't show the Eminems anymore. They're, They're too, too sexy, sexy now. Dude, uh, dude Elvis... Mm, yeah. What? I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was. I, I like the Eminem song. I I didn't. I've only listened it's to goofy, it once. It's goofy, but like end. all his songs now are They're goofy. goofy now. And honestly, I'm. I can get behind it. It was one where I'm like, yeah, okay. Like this is, sounds like a song he'd do for an Elvis movie. You know, right? <laughs> it's no Venom. It's no Venom. That's for sure. So this is nominated for. What it's? I assume it's best picture. Best Austin picture, Butler, right? Best actor. Um, uh, I think best hairstyling as well. Uh, best editing. I think also. Nominations. Um, Let's see. Let's take a look. Uh, Elvis is nominated for best picture, best actor in a leading role, uh, uh, best cinematography. I guess which, okay, uh, best production design. I can see that. There are some really good sets here. Uh, you know. Um, costume design, sure. It's actually nominated for quite a bit. Let's see. There's more. There's more, Aaron. Oh, God. Uh, makeup, hairstyling. That's one now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then film editing, which... <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> hey, listen, if they give it to Bohemian Rhapsody, they'll give it to Andy. Yeah, it won Bohemian Rhapsody won, didn't yeah. it? I always feel... I, they're clearly looking for something that we aren't, but <clears throat> you know, I think the thing about Elvis is just that. Oh, 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 hey, what up? Uh, Tom Hanks is here. He's here gonna play his character for us. Wow, I don't remember not... his name, <laughs> Colonel Dum Dum, whatever his name is. That was not the name. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was Tom Parker, right? When I found, I yeah. can't even do it. I, I, I can't do it. Well, you don't need to do it. Uh, Tom, He's here, Tom, yeah. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you developed this uh, this uh, voice uh, for I the character? Elvis. <laughs> he just sounds like an old man now. He was just a lonely child, <laughs> reaching for a 
eternity. I can't do it. You can't. You, you were can't so much it. better before. I know. I'm, I can't do it. I haven't heard it in so long, so I can't. I can't think of it. Oh, I mean, yo, okay, bye. That was dumb. That was stupid. Maybe we'll have a different impression later. Who knows? That's, that one was so bad. Mark Rylance from Don't Look Up is back. <laughs> Are you going to tell me that that two-bit Tom Hanks uh, uh, gets into being Elvis and I don't, I, I don't get to play that character? <laughs> I can get that one. You can still, still do that. That one's one. good. No one knows that reference anymore because no one's seen that movie since it was nominated. Fair but uh, yeah, I don't know. Are we done with Elvis? <laughs> what I think else we can is there on, to yes. say with Elvis? Elvis, Dunzo. So next on the list is women talking. Oh, whoops! I I didn't do my build up. <laughs> no, I didn't do a build up. Here we go. Ready? We're gonna do a build up this time. Yeah. All right. So with four points. Yeah. Two from you, two from me. That makes it second bottom on the list from both of us. Women talking. Aaron? Yes? Why do you hate it when women talk so much? <laughs> well, but second bottom from the list, huh? Oh, no. <laughs> Interesting. I just feel like we should talk about that. <laughs> I don't think you can do that bit when you also put it second from the bottom, well, sir. That's a, that's you a know, fair assumption. If I'm going down, you're going down with me. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, but I think we're also on the same page uh, on this film, where it's not that we, you know, dislike it really. No. Beyond the, it's a, it's just a film that it's more concerned with the conversation it's trying uh, to promote than it is with any kind of cinematic quality. Yeah. Where it's just as a film, it's just there's not really anything there. You know, there's not really characters or much of a story or much of a. The, the cinematography we've talked about, um, we talked about when we watched this the other day, that it's just, it's so it's dark nothing, the entire yeah. time, and it's just so not, it's very visually unpleasant to look at, and not in like an, un, an intentional way, it doesn't seem. No. It's just so darkly lit that it's hard to see what's going on at like any point in the film, you know, they can be out in like broad daylight in the fields, and it will still look like this washed out gray uh, color. So, like, on all those cinematic levels, it didn't appeal to me in any way, mm -hmm. but I can appreciate its, you know, its intentions with, you know, the the conversation it's trying to say. I think, you know, it creates this very well-rounded debate um, and brings in a lot of different viewpoints, and all these viewpoints are promoted by... Uh, a very strong cast, you know, like, they're mm -hmm. all doing a good job uh, with the material that they're given. Um, it's just, it didn't really kind of... Uh, lead into anything more than that you know like i don't think you get anything out of this movie that you wouldn't get from just going to a a, a debate uh right you know and watching that well and i i think i i mentioned this too when we watched it. i'm like it just felt so much like a play too and it like i maybe it was a play at a certain point I it was a it was a book i don't think it was so. a play at any point but it was a book um yeah but it felt so play like and there wasn't and, and like you said, there was not really a, a, an idea for cin the cinematic nature of it, I suppose. Um, you know, it's called Women Talking, and that's what you get. That's what you, you get. get. And, you know, the, the conversations are interesting, the performances are good, but there's just... 
once you're done with it, there's not a whole lot that would I think would ever bring you back to watch this movie again. It, it's more of a movie that's more interesting to I guess talk about and think back on than to be like, man, you know what I need to put in my eye holes right now? A little women talking. I mean, that's the thing. It's uh, it's aiming for something more like academic than entertaining. Yes, you yes. know, I think it is a film that you could probably you know like show in a in a classroom and then have a healthy classroom discussion about. The film, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not the kind of film that you're gonna like buy on Blu-ray and DVD and then pull up like five or six times over your lifetime. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I think even for the most passionate fans of this movie, I don't think they're gonna be looking to revisit it anytime soon. No, because I mean it is a very heavy. movie. It's also hard. Yeah, it's a hard watch too at times. I mean, it's very heavy subject matter. Um, not that we need to like get deep into the subject matter, but I also forgot to mention at the beginning, well, I think spoilers are kind of on the table for all these movies, and I'll put it in the description where you can skip to like the next movie if you haven't seen one. I don't um, think we're going to try to do too deep of spoilers. No, no, but like if there is a point that needs to be made that it might be slightly spoilerish. Some right. people, you know, they don't want to know anything going in. So, um, yeah, but... Um, yeah, Women Talking. This is the first movie I saw with Jesse Buckley, which I mentioned. Uh, she's great. <laughs> I just never yes. seen her in anything. Because there's all these movies I had wanted to see with her in them and then just didn't get around to them. So I'm like, oh, yeah, no, she's good. She's yeah, I've, really been, good. I've been kind of following her career in that I watched uh, Wild Rose, which was like her big breakout role. Mm-hmm. And then I watched... Um, What's it called? The Charlie Kaufman movie? Uh, I'm thinking, thinking of ending, ending things. things. Uh, and she was great in both of those. I never finished the season of Fargo she was in, but from the oh, two episodes sure. I saw, she was good in that. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah, you watched Chernobyl, of course, too, so there you go. I haven't watched Chernobyl. No, I know. That was a little joke, because I wa- haven't watched it. I watched one um, episode of Chernobyl and <laughs> there you didn't go. finish. There you go. That's my uh, probably hottest TV take, uh, is that I, uh, I didn't enjoy... Chernobyl, the one episode I watched of it, you know. One day I'll probably power through the miniseries, but it just it didn't get to me, you know. Well, you know, it's it's fine. You just hate TV, I get it, you know. I'm right there with you. I hate TV too. Woo! You know what the best part of the Oscars are, Aaron? They're they not keep TV. that TV out of here. They're like, get out of here with that. Movies only. Yeah. So I like that part. You like of the it. gatekeeping, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I, Not I, enough gatekeeping, because if they can't keep Zack Snyder's Justice League out, then, oh you know, God. they're doing I, something wrong. Well, all right, this is, we'll just do this throughout, because this is, clearly some things happened at the Oscars last year. Do you think we'll get anything even half as wild as seeing <laughs> the uh, Flash enter the Speed Force? <laughs> No, because the the Flash hasn't entered the Speed Force again yet. Hasn't That's really the only thing I can top it, you know? True. Is the double Speed Force n- Next year, when after the Flash comes out, and uh, he enters the Speed Force again, presumably in that movie. Uh. Who knows, man? <laughs> you, 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 sure. Like, I don't know. Um, anyway, women talking. Um, yes. Yeah, I, <laughs> you're right, though. The, the cinematography's a little... A little rough, you know, there's not much to really show. There's some, like, weirdly placed humor in here, too. There's one joke in the middle that yeah. we were like, what is yeah. happening? Yeah, a moment with, like, a fake-out suicide attempt where <laughs> yeah. it just, it was very oddly placed considering, you know, how heavily they're trying to deal with uh, trauma and the lingering effects of trauma and then to just kind of 
have everyone laugh off this moment where oh, I, you know ha, this ha. kid just like jumps out of the barn into <laughs> yeah. a pile of hay uh, saying i can't live with this anymore. it was just a very weird moment and i do think you know they had a good idea in terms of including moments of levity mm-hmm. to the film and kind of showing that um you know these characters aren't defined by uh the the bad experiences they've been through and you know there are still these moments of joy and humor and all that in their lives mm-hmm. i think that was obviously a very good idea to incorporate into the film it's just that one specific example was just such a weird off-color moment it was Uh, very weird okay (laughs) uh ben wishaw maybe a little bit too much ben wishaw he's well apparently he's like the the point of view character for the book oh is how it is is the book is like framed like the you know the notes he took during yeah. the conversation it, that essentially becomes the book that was published okay uh, kind okay. of idea from what i gather i haven't read the book interesting but. well uh, you know interesting i i guess i don't know what else to say about that i just felt like there was some times where i'm like yeah I, and they i guess the characters even call it out too they're like okay why are we asking him like doesn't really matter what he thinks and it's like yeah Fair. <laughs> True, though. I think that's why they didn't include him to that extent. It was really just, like, to have uh, that male character there without having any of the actual perpetrators of the crime there. You right, know? right. Yeah, no, good uh, good acting. Uh, yeah, this movie also just takes some weird swings at the end where it's like... I feel like I mentioned this to... Oh, I guess I don't know if I want to spoil everything. They... <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. There's just a weird moment at the end that I'm like, this feels weirdly out of place because, okay, I don't know. How much do we want to get into spoilers? If you want, have a point to make, make it. We're going to do it. Okay. Uh, There's the one trans character in the movie who the entire movie is like, they don't respect them, (laughs) clearly. (laughs) And then at the end, they're like, hey, you know, here's, we're going to use your your name that you've chosen. And then they're like, yeah, thank you. And it's like, yeah, that's a good moment. Weird that they're just all like, yeah, and we're all cool with it now. It's like, yeah, you kind of still suck, though, in that regard. I don't know. That's a weird one, you know? Like, I'm like, I don't know. Well, I think that that it's at the point of, like, how they're trying to take a very specific cultural community and then create a universal kind of dialogue around it, which is, I think is one of the flaws with the movie, where... Um, you know, it just, you know, all these women are supposed to have been raised in this very repressed religious community, um, and yet they're all, you know, the conversations they're having are very clearly not restricted by the kind of experiences that they would have had in that community. They're more mm-hmm. just kind of the conversations that, um, you know, we actually hear um, frequently. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I. I understand why they did that because, again, this movie is about having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And they even introduce it up front, like as a fantasy kind of tale. You know, they specifically tell you right up front That's that true. it's not. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. That it's not aiming for realism. Mm-hmm. So I do understand why they did it that way. Yeah. It just creates these awkward moments where, you know, where you have like the trans character that isn't accepted mm-hmm. uh, by the community, uh, like, that would make more sense if they were all, you know, religiously, uh, you know, still, like, trying to work through uh, that part of the religious upbringing, you know, trying mm-hmm. to reconcile the idea um, with what they were also taught about gender roles uh, based on their religion. 
Um, but it doesn't make sense if what you're trying to do is say, hey, we're trying to have this conversation uh, and we want to include the trans perspective in that. Yeah. Um, but then we actually just have this character who's mute and yeah. uh, no one really uh, you know, respects them until the very end. There's yeah. no real perspective being added at that point. It's more just like, hey, and also... We're cool with that now, you know? You, this is why with this podcast good, Aaron. You make points that I'm thinking better than I can say them, so thank you. That's a very, yeah, that was a very good way of putting it. Um, yeah, so that was just one, like, weird sticking point for me where I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I'm good. Are we good on women talking? I think so. <laughs> All right. Well, now, would you believe it, Aaron? Yes. We have our next movie. <laughs> well, do you believe we have our next movie? Well, yeah, I do believe we have our next movie. What's our next movie, though? All right, so with three points from me mm-hmm. and three points from you, so again, third from bottom on both of our lists, Yeah, we have All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. So why do you <laughs> hate... <laughs> Germans? <laughs> no! That's not what I was going to say. I was going to say war. I'm like, that's an easy answer, though. I was going to why do you hate the... Why, why do you soldiers? hate soldiers who are forced to fight in this war, Aaron? I mean, they weren't forced they to weren't. fight. That's no, kind of that's the whole true, point yeah. of no, the, I know. The point of the Listen, movie. If Did I, you watch this movie? Did no, you? I fell asleep. No, I'm just kidding. You, you fell asleep in the opening scene. Yeah, the opening scene, I was out. I was like, oh, they ain't speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> I just fell asleep. Oh no! I couldn't read. <laughs> Why do you hate Germans? <laughs> Listen, that's a joke. Um, no, if I can't, if I can't tease you about putting all quiet on the Western Front and the bottom three, I, I listen. I just don't have my angle for teasing you about it. All right, the women talking one—that was easy. It was in the name of the movie. Yeah. This one, why do you hate quiet? I don't know. <laughs> it's not. I have to think about this one. I don't want to do that. I have a podcast. We can't have dead air. There can't be quiet. You know. Even. Anyway, so moving on. That was the worst bit we've ever done. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was actually good, though. So, all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. So I mean, this one, this one really more. only kind of barely beat out Women Talking on my ranking. Where yeah. I feel like very mixed about this one as well. Where there are good elements to it, but there's also a lot I didn't like about it. Um, and I think really only that the only thing that really gave. Uh, this film, The Edge, over Women Talking, is it does have that good cinematography. quality, yeah. Where it, it, the whole time it looks very good. Yes. Which you can debate whether that, uh, you know, works, because it seems like this is the way they make all these war films now. You look at, like, 1917 and the like, you know, it's all about these this very flashy cinematography while also trying to say, like, hey, war is ugly and brutal and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And it's right. like... Well, then maybe don't make it look so pleasant, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I, I I don't know that I would say that this movie looks pleasant, but it... But I, I just mean, like, pleasant in terms of, like, the framing and, you know, everything's, yeah. like, you know, balanced and As within the shot, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't mean like I enjoyed seeing the people with their limbs blown off. Uh, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, that's pleasant. Yeah. Uh, Classic uh, dad movie. Guy vibes. stabs himself in the neck with a fork. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to watch Whoa, that again. Spoilers. Oh, so now it's okay. <laughs> I didn't to do say spoilers. which character. I, I did not say which character. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so. Uh, God. So, I. 
I liked this movie as I was watching it. I'm like, this is a well-made movie. I guess liked is a weird word for this movie. But, you know, I... I yeah, liked, I guess, is the most base word I can use for it. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's another one that's it's a hard watch, you know? Again, another one that I'm not going to be, oh, let me pop in all quiet on the Western front just for a good time at the cinemas. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, a film doesn't need to be the kind that you rewatch over and over again no, to no, be no. a good I, film. I agree. But, um, the, I mean, the thing is, though, I wouldn't choose to rewatch this movie over rewatching, you know, the 1930s adaptation, because I think that's the superior version of the story. So there you go. Um, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you about. You have sure. clearly more experience with the story. You've seen another adaptation of it. I, yeah, I've never read the novel. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on the adaptation of it and that sort of thing. Because, like I said, I thought this was Bridge on the River quite. <laughs> I've gotten those movies mixed up for years, apparently. I don't know how. I, one's very specifically names, about Bridge. They're about very different wars. Yeah, well, it happens. <laughs> wars happen. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, kind of the, talk to me about it. I'm interested. About the 1930s adaptation? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the 1930s adaptation, I don't remember it closely enough to do like a very precise um, mm-hmm. comparison, but I think the two advantages of the 1930s adaptation is, number one, it includes the segment where um, Paul, the main character, uh, heads home briefly. Um, it has like a, a you know leave from the army and returns home to his community. And then it gets more into the themes of how he can never really return home. Uh, from his experiences and the difficulties with soldiers with readapting to civilian life, which I think is a very big part of the um, conversation that isn't included in this version of the tale because they never do have that moment where uh, any of them return home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one key aspect that I think is uh, makes a difference. And the other aspect is something that's not really... You know, not something that this version of the film can really do anything about, but there is just something so powerful about the fact that the previous adaptation was made in the 1930s mm-hmm. and the fact that it came so closely after the World War that it's depicting and also happened to come so immediately before the next World War. And it's just, it's in this very uncomfortable sandwiched position where it's like, you know, um, the people who went through this war were very much, you know, they were still alive, they were still in power when this film came out, and it's pleading with them to, like, recognize the inhumanity of war. And so it's it has this kind of urgency to it um, that this film doesn't have, um, because, yeah, again, it's still speaking directly to the people that were involved in that conflict. Uh, and then it also gains this power with the fact that now, as a modern audience, when we watch that film, we realize that it fell on deaf ears, Um, because they just immediately jumped into the next World War after this film came out. Obviously, it did not have any kind of impact on uh, um, making people uh, more adverse to uh, jumping into these kind of large-scale combats. Yeah. Yeah, I... uh, That is something, you're right, the movie can do nothing about, you hope. Um, but you know, like you know what I'm saying. Like you hope nothing bad happens in like the next year and a half. Yeah, I mean there is like a 
obviously there's a timeless quality to uh, you know critiquing war where um, it's probably always going to be relevant when you put out a war movie that says war is bad. Um, yeah, but it's just uh, it's not the same uh, as having that kind of direct. Like now we're so far. The war doesn't look anything like it did. Um, no, in World War One, modern war. So it just doesn't have the same kind of impact to depict World War One and say you know war is bad because we're like yeah war's not like that anymore. No, it's still bad, but it's bad in different ways, kind of thing. Well, yeah, and it, and it's one of those things too where it's like it, it, war now. Here we go. We're going to start talking about war now, as if we are in one. Like us, personally, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, war on drugs, of course, always. What am I talking about? <laughs> but anyway, the impersonalization of war now and, like, drones and stuff like that. Like, that's something that it doesn't come through from All Quiet on the Western Front to now because, yeah, they're, like, looking the enemy in the eye and they're like, hey, this sucks. I hate this. And, yeah, anyway, I don't want to get too deep into that, I guess. You know, like, let's not... Man, man, uh, who knows? What am I talking about, Aaron? I, war. What is it good for? What is it good for? for? <laughs> anyway, so it was nominated for multiple awards. Yeah. Uh, so uh, starting with best sound, uh, mm-hmm. best original score, yeah. makeup and hairstyling, uh, production design, cinematography, uh, visual effects, adapted screenplay, international feature film, and best picture. And I think it has a very strong chance at winning quite a few of those, at least yeah. based on the um, the awards that have been given out in other ceremonies so far. It seems like it is kind of a front runner in a lot of categories and possibly best picture. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I just don't. I don't see it. You know, it just doesn't seem like it. It's offering anything that we haven't seen done better in other war films that have been nominated in previous years. I don't know why this is the year they want to pick this, unless they're trying to like do some kind of Ukraine war. Like, oh, oh, this is the one we have to pick uh, now because we don't want to. We don't want to get into a World War Three uh, coming up. Uh, yeah. But I don't think they even have that kind of uh, sense of. Uh, that's why they want to pick these Best Picture nominees. I don't think they ever put that much thought into it. So. No, no. Um, I, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see what ones it actually wins. Production design I could see. Cinematography I could definitely see. Mm-hmm. Score was okay. It was fine. I, I didn't love it. Yeah. It's one of those ones where they, they, they use a lot of themes throughout that you could... You, it's just like, I don't know. It's like the electronic type sound to it and I'm like yeah it's not my thing but I'm sure some people liked that I guess mm-hmm. I, apparently I got nominated for best score so what do I know I'm just a lowly shoe cobbler much like the character <laughs> in All Quiet on the Western Front you tied it back in yeah, yeah, yeah. so there you go um, adapted screenplay okay I guess I okay I mean that one it's probably it seems like it's gonna win really I'd have to look at what the nominees are again. Pretty but. cringe when Glass Onion's right in front of you, but... <laughs> Glass Onion is not going to win. <laughs> I saw, exactly, that's why it's pretty cringe, that's all I'm going to say. Mm. Uh, yeah, but like you na- hit the nail on the head with all that stuff, and uh, you know, um, it, it is one that's just, yeah, every not every war movie, but there's some things in this war movie that I'm like, yeah, it does that a little bit better than some other ones, and then there's the other war movies, I'm like, yeah, that does that better than this one. So, but it's just it, at a certain point they just kind of blur together because yeah. they're all just kind of doing the same thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. His name was Paul. Yeah, it's kind of funny, I guess. 
Okay. <laughs> it's like Dune, you know? It's like, who wants to follow a guy named Paul? Yeah, that that is true. That was a bad mistake uh, by Dune, huh? Yeah, truly. Someone actually. tell that author. Where is he at now? I'm going to guess dead. He's dead. That's the joke, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know. I, he could have told me he was... I'm saying keep up on your sci-fi author uh, knowledge, you know? Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. Uh, two... The, uh, sorry, one, two, there's ten. Okay. Why am I so stupid? <laughs> to our sixth, number six on okay. the list. Yeah. Coming in with nine points. Okay. Uh, on my, uh, I, I got it six points. No, no, no. How does this work? What? No, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. You got it five points, and I got yeah, it four yeah. points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I'm so bad. I should have left the math in here. Okay. I should have I should have showed my work, man. I'm freaking out. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I gave it five points. Yeah, that's correct. And you gave it four points. Okay. So that would be a triangle of sadness. Okay. So our first disagreement, but a very slight disagreement. Very slight. Very slight. But uh, you know what? Now anybody listening can't be like they just they just picked the same movies. This is they just picked the same stuff. Sounds a little different. Yeah. Triangle of sadness. Yes. Where do we want to start on this bad boy? With the triangle. Uh, yeah. Or maybe Definitely. with the sadness. I don't. We can you, start with the can, sadness. You can pick. Uh. Sadness. Let me pull up the. Let's start with the what it was nominated for. Let's kind of mix up things, you know. If you want let's to, get a little you wacky. Can, you can get it. it fast enough. Uh. So yeah, three nominations. Okay. Um, oh my God! What? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just now seeing this. Did the lead actress <laughs> of this movie die? Yes. Very suddenly, it was like a it was like a unknown illness kind of thing. Um, I'm not sure what the specific illness was, but yeah, she she ended up passing away like a few months after the film premiered. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's really dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we can start there. She's really good in this movie. <laughs> you know, I guess She's we'll good. start there. Yeah. She's very good in this. That's a. Uh... Wow, that's so sad. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. Did not expect that. Anyway. She wasn't nominated, right? No. It, no you no. just... Okay, it just came up with like a I saw it because it was like the news thing. Yeah. Um, hmm. What were the, what were the nominations? Uh, yeah, so Best Original Screenplay, mm -hmm. uh, Best Director, and Best Picture. Hmm. Interesting. No other... It's for Best Picture and Best Director to only have one other nomination. That's kind of rare. I, well, there's always some like that because it's just there are ten nominees for Best Picture and just five for, like, everything else, so... True. It true. usually ends up with there are some that just get that, uh... Kind of tells you what it, its chances are. Yeah, it, does, it <laughs> does not seem like this has any chance at winning. No. Um, and I think part of that also might just be because it's very similar to Parasite. You know, a very similar vibe. And Which one? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, since they already awarded Parasite, yeah. you know, a couple years ago, they're not going to give it to this film that is so similar in, yeah. um, in subject matter and style. Yes. I uh, really liked this, though. We just watched this one last night. So some of these we don't have, like, deep thoughts on yet, I guess. Because we just we just watched them. we got to think more on them. But I, this, I thought a lot on this one today. I was have like, you? Yeah, it's good. I liked it a lot. 
Um, well, I hope you can carry this segment then, because my, uh, my thoughts on this movie are like, yeah, it was it was enjoyable, but a lot of it's just like right there on the surface, you know? Uh, it, it, it is pretty surface level, um, but you know what? There's some enjoyment to have with that still, too, you know? Well, uh, yeah, especially when you're doing like the the whole vomiting scene. Uh, yeah. If you're uh, if you're <laughs> if you're adverse to not to, to um, vomiting scenes, don't watch this movie. And and that's uh, I think the, the, it's a depiction of excess in all those different forms is very interesting and and the way the movie is like two hours and 40 minutes too the movie in itself is an excess it's just like the way it like commits to the bit all the way through it's very very good um yeah there how is this harder to watch than all quiet on the western (laughs) little joke about the seasick scene um but i i do love um it it just so perfectly does that um escalation of things and the way things continue to stack up on each other um it, it works really well i this is like a movie that i really feel like just watch because if you know anything about any of it i feel like you lose a little bit of something because i we came into it not i don't know how much you knew i guess about it but i really all i knew is that it took place on a cruise ship yeah, yeah I, from the poster that's what i knew so i was like <laughs> oh there you go uh, I didn't even know Woody Harrelson was in it until I was like, oh, I, said, I saw a guy on the screen. <laughs> I saw a guy on the screen and I was like, that's Woody Harrelson, like as a joke. And then Aaron goes, yeah, no, it is. I'm like, yeah, okay. No, it was. It was Woody he, Harrelson. He did not believe me up until the opening credits. <laughs> yeah, so. no, I definitely didn't. Um, but yeah, it, it's very enjoyable the way it commits to everything. You've got great uh, little little character moments, uh, mm-hmm. very funny. There, yeah. Dude, there's, again, no spoilers on, on this one because I feel like you just want to go on. There is one payoff to a character setup that is so funny. I was cackling. Me and Aaron yeah. were both cackling. That, it's so good. One of the greatest jokes I've seen this year. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was very well done. Uh. And like that's the best one, but there's a lot of other stuff too. And I think there's just uh, I I didn't even get to talk about this uh, after the movie because I totally forgot about it because it was so early. Sure. There's a part in the movie <laughs> where one of the the people. <laughs> oh no, we got a cough. I have to call attention to it. Really just. <laughs> Um, a character in the movie, uh, just a small side character, is like, hey, uh, you know, I'm really enjoying everything about this cruise, but I couldn't help but notice the sails were dirty when I looked up at them. And uh, there's this whole thing about, oh, yeah, we'll clean the sails, we'll clean the sails. And she finally tells the captain about it. He's like, yeah, well, that would be hard because there are no sails. <laughs> and, man, I had an experience at work recently that was so similar to oh, that. No. <laughs> where somebody was arguing with me about they had gotten a certain thing put on um, on a, a, on the shoe. I don't know how much I want to disclose about I said shoe cobbler already, so we're going to go with it. They had gotten a certain product put on the, the shoe, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's actually this one. I'm like, hey, it's not, though. And they're like, what? Yeah, I'm like, it's actually this one. Um, that's a, you got the free one. There's the upgraded one if you want to do that. No, that's what we got. No, it wasn't though. Well, yeah, it is. It just looks like that. Okay, so I like wiped it down. I'm like, see, it's the other one. I think it's just thin. I think that's the same. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like I don't even know. So that that was hitting so hard for me in this movie. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. People do be like that a lot, I guess. Um, 
So anyway, that's just something I wanted to mention. That was a fun. I mean, you're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's where a lot of the humor from this film comes from. Is obviously that class divide with uh, the uh, crew uh, representing the lower class trying everything to appease even the most ridiculous demands. (laughs) And yeah, they do a really good job of uh, of building up that tension. uh. Yes. And then when the the flip does happen in this movie, yes, it is so weirdly satisfying, but also like, oh man, <laughs> you know, it's a good like little ah, that's that's cool, but also ooh, you know. I almost wish there had been more. Uh, once the flip happens, more characters involved post flip. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I'm trying like to Woody talk Harrelson. around talk around the spoilers, yeah. but yeah, it felt like there were a lot of characters that kind of. Um, leave the movie early where I would have uh, liked to have seen more from them. Um, How they work within that new dynamic. And and I don't know um, if that was just the nature of the production, uh, that they were just like, we'll have these characters for these specific scenes, or if it was just trying to like emphasize you know, uh, the uh, severity of the event that happened or what, but yeah. um, it does feel like you know, you... you Start the you start the movie with two characters, focus on two characters. Then you add this whole cast of characters that are all great and all yes. so fun, um, and then you just kind of cut it down at the end. Where I would have liked to see more with uh, some of these characters. So. Yeah, I uh, yeah, especially one character in particular who is very uh, demanding about a swimming pool situation. Would have liked to see more of that character. You know, they, they were interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just really enjoyed it, like, all the way through. It's just very enjoyable. Um, and when you, like, finally see what they're doing, you're like, okay, I like this. This is good. Um, and, but then things continue to escalate to a point where you're like, oh, you're going in this direction. This is also cool. Um, and also just all the jokes were great that they put in there. So I had never seen anything from this director before, but I definitely want to. I think you would now. really like Force Majeure. I, I yeah. think you'd, I think you'd really take to that one. That's the only other one of his I've seen. Um, I mean, I've heard about the square for uh, a long time. Cause I think that also won at Cannes I think um, it when it won- came out. Best International as well, too, didn't it? Or Might no? have. Um, but uh, that's one I do want to see, but I haven't. Um, but Force Majeure is, yeah, very good and very similar in approach where it is just kind of slowly building up this, uh, this the humor uh, of the situation. Um, and I think he, you know, the director does a really good job at doing that. It's slowly developing... Um, you know, these long-form jokes, like mm-hmm. in this movie, we start with uh, one relationship uh, kind of struggle, and then w- <laughs> at the end of the movie we see, uh, you know, just like a mirrored version of that. Uh, that's It's just, you know, it, it was really, uh, that was kind of the moment where the movie, like, you know, I really appreciated what the movie was going for. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like we're talking so vague about so, this movie. Again, it's just one of those movies I think you need to watch. I think this could be absolutely enjoyed by anyone. And it, like you said, it being very accessible is a good part of the movie in its own way. Um, I mean, it's not subtle <laughs> about what it's going for at no. all. Like, there's literally a moment on this <laughs> ship where they're just literally reading like quotes um, about socialism and communism and yeah. you know all this kind of class struggle stuff like it's not it's not under the surface in any way no but I think that also like Woody uh, Harrelson's like yeah I'm a socialist <laughs> but I also run this 200 million dollar <laughs> yeah. yacht and it's yeah. like yeah way to tell us your character <laughs> Woody Harrelson good job <laughs> um yeah I 
I really enjoyed it. I, I think this will end up being very high. Currently, what I'm doing, Aaron already knows this, I'm uh, going through and doing like a this or that for all the movies that I'd seen. I, I ended at 50. 50 is pretty good. 50 for the year total. Yeah. yeah, for the year total. So I'm going through and just kind of getting a ranking off of that and going off of that. Because some of those middle ones, I don't even know where they're going. Um, but I, I feel like this will shake out closer to the top, I think. Um, but also, just best picture this year, they've got some bangers. This was mm-hmm. my six, and I'd say the one even before this, I'm also like, that's a banger. Seven banger movies? Yeah. When's the last time they've done that? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's a good question. Are we ready to move on to the I next I think we're ready to that? move yeah. on. So, all right. So, moving on from there. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, math. <laughs> okay. So, I got, uh, for me, this was my number four. So, I got six points. Okay. And, uh, of course, it had 12 points in total. Well, then um, I would have also gotten six points for me, right? Or did you do that math wrong? What, what movie? Maybe you should just tell me what the movie is, and then I It can... would be... All right, so wait, one, one second. Let me just do this one. So I got seven points from me. Okay. <laughs> Meaning it was my number four. Yes. I know how this works. And I uh, it got five points for me for 12 total. Is that the math you're trying to do? Yes, yes okay. it is. I, listen, I'm not a math guy. I'm a movie guy. Hey, I tell you what. We had just two lonely children. <laughs> Reaching for eternity. Oh, Hanks, you I can't, can't come back. We've already passed the yeah, Elvis segment. Too, uh. He's too, he, he's, he just won't leave. He wishes he was in every one of these movies. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is what we're looking at here. I would have liked to see Tom Hanks in Top Gun Maverick, yeah. That would be kind of hype. As uh, as uh, Forrest Gump. I don't know why. That would have been a good crossover. You're you're right. I think that's <laughs> something. That would have been something. <laughs> Not a good something, but it would have been something. It would have been. It would have been a best picture worthy uh, film. Uh. I dude, probably they would nominate it. <laughs> They're like, I don't know. Um, anyway, Top Gun Maverick. Yes, a movie that I have seen so long ago now, and you have as well. Uh, yeah, and I only saw it the once, and you saw it. I twice, did see it twice. Did you see it three times. I saw it twice. Uh, this movie bangs, dude. <laughs> like what? I mean, it's definitely the type of movie where I don't know if I would ever really feel compelled to rewatch it because it was just so tied to the theatrical experience. Yes. You know, like this. This was a movie that they rightfully held back throughout COVID because it did demand to be seen on a big screen. Like this, it would not have had the impact it did if they had dumped it on streaming. In you know, no way it would have. Uh, had the kind of cultural, uh, been in the cultural consciousness the way that it has to the point that it is getting nominated for Best Picture, you Getting know? nominated for Best Picture and talks of a third one, you know? Like, who would have thought that? Like, when they, when they were showing trailers for this, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't want to see this even. Well, because like, it had been in development for so long. Yeah. And then it had been made for so long that it was just like, yeah, okay, just put out the movie. It's Top Gun. We get There's planes. They're going to fly. You know, like, what else is there to it? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. why is it so hard to get this movie released? <laughs> <laughs> and then they did the damn thing, dude. This movie is so good. Like, I I couldn't even believe it. So, I, we, I don't... We, we would have maybe talked about this on the podcast because already we might have. Um, yeah, I, I, we went. I, my mom was there too. She's like the biggest Top Gun original fan, maybe ever. I, she this is like her favorite movie, um, and I think she likes this one even more. Um, but just seeing that with her was such an interesting experience because 
Man, she was feeling all the emotions watching this movie. She was shaking, crying <laughs> during several scenes. Let's be clear. You were also I was shaking, too. crying. I was too. Well, because, you know, there's that emo- it's just an, it's an emotional movie with some big emotional beats. But also, you know, seeing my mom cry next to me, I'm like, you know what? This is a great movie. I love it too, mom. Let's go. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I this is one that I just don't think has even a chance in hell of winning. But if really? it did, that would be what... Yeah, I don't think it does. I Do you? I, I Only because there's other nominees that I think are more traditional Oscar frontrunner kind of uh, films. You think it's like a Dark Horse win? I, I, I think it... Ha- I think it... It has more of a chance than any of the films, uh, than a lot of other films. Then we've talked uh, prior? Not, uh, well, I changed what I was going to say because I do think All Quiet on the Western Front mm-hmm. has a chance mm-hmm. at winning. But I think it has more of a chance of winning than Elvis, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talk. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, yeah, I... I don't know. What, what do we even want to say about this movie? It, it, like you're saying, it absolutely is. It's one that would be hard to recommend. I mean, I saw it twice, but I saw it twice in theaters. One in the D-Box seats. That was wild. <laughs> like, whoa, I, these I, are yeah, shaking. I would have, uh, I would be curious to know what that was like, because I, um... For three. When three comes... <laughs> um... But I, I think I, what I said when, I, when it came out, and I think it stands so true, is that Tom Cruise is like the last of this kind of movie star, where he's like, I'll, I'll die in this plane, I don't care, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like, I'm doing some crazy stunts, he did the, uh, the, um, the one at the beginning, I don't even remember what they call that plane, that thing, I'm like, this man's gonna die, <laughs> this man's actually going to die, <laughs> but... Until he does, he's going to make some insanely good action films, and he it's just how it's going to work, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> you got it, yeah. I mean, outside the Mission Impossible movies, like, these are, like, the most impressive action sequences, uh, you're, you know, I've seen in a good while. And yeah, like, and just the way just, like, the, the, Yeah, the way it's, like... Obviously, it's not all in camera, but the extent mm-hmm. to which they do uh, yes. perform it in camera gives it, you know, just there is this tangibility to it that is so lacking, especially, you know, in this era of Marvel movies where everything is generated in a computer for Rubber those to even and... like the smallest uh, little aspect of the film. Yeah. You know, you cannot beat the fact that these are people that just are putting themselves in these planes and actually flying. Uh, <laughs> And I think that putting the uh, training all of them on how to fly these, those planes and putting cameras in the cockpits was like it, I don't even know if it works if you don't do that. That's just right. such an it, it grounds you with those characters in those moments where you're like it is life or death and you think some of these characters are about to bite the dust. It's like oh man, dude, like it, it's tense. I watched uh, a scene from this, and everyone's seen Top Gun Maverick at this point. I watched. There's the also scene. not much to spoil. No. Um, I watched the scene again where um, it's not like a heavy action scene, so I feel like it still works outside of uh, the theater experience. Sure. Um, but it's when they, uh, him and um, Miles Teller, uh, get into that old plane. 
and like the little that he gets in and he's training him how to use this plane and then he's like talk to me goose and the little ding the, like the maverick gong hits or whatever and i'm like oh dude that's big <laughs> like goosebumps all the way up my arms i was like oh that's huge it is kind of it is wild how well this movie sells those emotional beats when you go back and watch top gun and no offense to your mom but it's a goofy movie you <laughs> yeah know? no and i think she's aware of that yeah um it very much feels like a like a Rocky Four Creed Two kind of deal where you're like, how did they how did they expect us to take this seriously? I know you haven't watched <laughs> the Rocky sorry, movies, I yeah, I know. I had to watch these Oscar movies. I couldn't see Creed Three <laughs> on release day. But it is just it, it is kind of funny uh, with this era of '80s nostalgia to like you know look back at these movies that were very goofy and now they're like you know these big uh, cultural touchstones for so many people. Huh? Yeah. Um, I realized me <laughs> going over the top wacky for Top Gun Maverick just then, you know, it, maybe it's like, oh, of course, oh, like the action movie is the best one, but it's not the best one. So how about everybody just takes a chill pill and eases off the throttle? I don't know what you're talking about I anymore. <laughs> I, I've been stuffy all day. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little, in, a little, uh... Excited to see Top Gun Maverick win Best Picture. I mean, I wouldn't hate it if it won, just because it would be such a you know unconventional win. Yeah. Um, Those are but, ones I'd love to see more of, the unconventional wins. Unless it's Coda. Sorry, Coda, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, Coda didn't really seem an unconventional win so much as just, like, you know, it was such a bland movie that you're like, why is this here to begin with? Kind of yeah, unconventional win. You're right. That is, yeah, true. It, it, it's a it's a conventional unconventional win, <laughs> right. rather. Um, do you have anything else to say about Top Gun? I think that's just one that everyone's seen. That, like everyone has seen this movie. I mean, yeah, it made a <laughs> lot of money. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I'm I'm not as high on it as you are. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, uh, our ratings were not that dissimilar, but they were dissimilar. Yeah. And I just think that you know the it is just kind of. A, it's a very loose story, it especially is. with the fact that like they're on this secret mission that is just like so vaguely defined. They yeah. don't even tell you the country they're flying into or anything, yeah. and it's like so obviously trying to you know be this kind of you know uh, military propaganda film in one regard, while also this uh, international big blockbuster success in this other. Yeah. That it kind of runs into this weird conflict of like trying not to paint. Uh, you know, bad guys uh, and yeah. good guys. It's just kind of like they're the good guys because they're our heroes flying the planes, and these are the bad guys because we don't know who they are. It's a real planes starring D Dane Cook kind of scenario. The planes are the good. You know, I've never seen planes. Do you think it has the same plot as Top Gun Maverick? That would be hype as hell. Would... <laughs> I'd, I'd watch planes right now. <laughs> Um, no, absolutely. Like, that's the reason Top Gun Maverick, I, I you can just call it Maverick now, um, doesn't quite, like, uh, you know, break into the very upper echelon of my movies for the year. Because um, there, there's, like, not much plot-wise going on. There's, like, little moments where Tom Cruise and his love interest get to be cute together, and then it's like, oh, she got a kid or whatever. And those moments are like, okay, they break up the action, I guess, but they're not, like, that great. The football scene, on the other hand. <laughs> well, I mean, the football scene, you can't compare it to the volleyball scene from the original, is the thing. You know, obviously, true. it's trying to do that same vibe, but it's it's just not the same. It's not the same, but... I don't know. It worked for you? <laughs> I, it worked for me. There, you know, 
It is what it is. Um, it was those Miles Teller's uh, abs, uh, right? Dude, uh, the little movement he does when he does that, Aaron just saw me do it. And there's just something about that. Like, yeah, you yeah, wish that's you could just, do that movement. No? That's just something, man. That's that's fire in a bottle right there. That's great balls of fire, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Let's move on. <laughs> I think that's the end of uh, of uh, Top Gun Maverick there. I am interested to see if they do continue it. I don't think... You know what? I said this one wouldn't be that good either, so maybe they will reach these heights again. Who knows? But I... I think I it might depend on who's directing it, because yes. I do think, uh, you know, the fact that Joseph Kaczynski uh, ended up doing this, uh, taking it over, uh, I think that was really what made it, you know, the movie it was. So. Yeah. And you know what, Tom Cruise... I salute you. Like, they wanted this to be an American propaganda film. This is a Tom Cruise propaganda film. Like, he's he's a he's a cinematic hero out there, you know? I'll salute him any day of the week. Are we ready to move on? I think we're ready to move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, with ten points next... Oh, we did it in the wrong order. <laughs> what? <laughs> we did it in the wrong order. This is why I don't let you uh, do these <laughs> I forgot lists. to rearrange these ones. Oh, no. No. Okay, wait. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, six, six points. Okay. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, I just... <laughs> They're all in the right order after this, I promise. So we're taking a step back from Top Gun Maverick. Okay. With ten points. Okay. Uh, four from me. Okay. And then six from you, Aaron. Okay. Avatar, The Way of Water. I'm surprised this only got four. You know, that's why I didn't even register this as a mistake, because I thought you liked Avatar more than uh, it seems like you did. And so that's why it was intentional what I did. A little shake-up. Remember, I wanted to keep things light on their toes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I loved this movie. It's just, I, 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 I'm I, in this weird, like, I, I don't even know how I got into this funk, but <laughs> I've been, like, really self-conscious about it. Like, the ratings and scores and positions I give movies, and I don't know where this came from. I think it's just the letterboxed uh, brain rot, you know? I think it is. I think it actually is. Because it's Avatar where I'm like, that's high on my list for the year. But it's lower on my best picture ranked list. You know, I don't know. It's I one think, of those. I think Scream Six was uh, right with their call out uh, of Letterbox users. You know, it was. It was. It was, was heading down dark path. Uh. <laughs> and, and, and we'll talk about it more when I when we talk about uh, another movie on this list. Yes. Um, because I had a very like crisis of conscience moment when I like <laughs> rated it. I'm like, no, I can't. I gotta change it. I was like, I gotta change my rating. And so anyway, we'll talk about that. Maybe it'll be yeah. a little impromptu therapy session. But Avatar. <laughs> I think I have come down a little bit more on this movie, but it's only because I went in expecting such awful, like such an awful film. You were a naysayer. I, I, was a naysayer I remember. I'm never going to let you forget. You were talking. You, you were talking down Avatar all year. Yeah, all year long. And I came. You were out like, of that "Oh, movie. do we have to see it in 3D? Do yeah. we have to see it at all?" And I was like, "Jacob, you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna want to see it." Well, I guess I, I feel like maybe we've talked about this before on the podcast, but uh, I never saw the original Avatar in theaters. Um, that was one that I just watched at home with my dad at a certain point, and I feel like that definitely. I lost something there not seeing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, 
Which, it's, yeah, I mean, this is the same as Top Gun Maverick to me, where it's like, it's so tied to that theatrical experience, to seeing it on the big screen in 3D, in high frame rate, mm -hmm. you know, that I don't think I could ever really revisit <laughs> this movie either. Yeah. Um, you know, it just would not be the same on any other uh, High frame experience. rate is such a goofy thing for them to have done with this movie, and it does take your eyes a minute to adjust, but once it does, when they get to those underwater scenes... There's just, no, there's just, it's actual movie magic. Like, the way they built those environments and the way the characters move and the way they just look organic and real, it's insane. It's yeah. actually crazy. Like, like, I couldn't believe it. It feels like, you know, the sci-fi genre has always, like, been, like, uh, hypothesizing about what movies are going to be like in the future in terms of, like, creating more, like, a virtual reality kind of system, immersive system. And this is the first movie I've ever seen where I was like, this might be the future, because this... I feel like I'm in the future now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it, it I, I should... You, you don't bet against James Cameron, I guess. You know, like he clearly has such an eye for for film and, and what he his vision for the future is. He's a smart dude, you know. He's he's got his ideas, and he's clearly going to keep pushing them <laughs> for years. I think there are a lot of like, uh, especially the directors we kind of get now that like kind of have like these Sundance hits and then are immediately put up to Marvel movies. You know, like that kind of progression that we get now. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of these directors are more focused on themselves as just kind of like telling a story and conveying themes. Where James Cameron is the kind of director who's more focused on the technical aspects. Not that he doesn't have those themes and that storytelling mm -hmm. down, because he also has that too. He is like the triple threat director. Yeah. But I think there's just so few directors that are actually invested in advancing the technology of filmmaking to the same extent that James Cameron is, you know? Yeah. I, he I, knows the camera, he knows what he wants the camera to do, uh, and he knows how to get it to give him the images he wants, um, even if he has to, like, invent these new uh, methods <laughs> yeah. uh, to do it. I really wonder, because, I mean, I don't know how old he is now, and I'm not trying to be, like, morbid about it, but, like, I guess this is another thing that I've just been thinking a lot about recently where I'm like, all these people that, like, we look up to in film industry and, like, that are, like, these, like, amazing, um, like, uh, inve inventors and, um, like, storytellers, they're not going to last forever. They're not going to be here forever. And a lot of them are getting a lot closer to being gone than I think we realize. Um, and I, it's just going to be really sad when like, James Cameron gets what's, what's, what is this? What's the first Stop. Marvel movie that Martin Scorsese isn't going to be interviewed about, you know? I know, right? <laughs> like, damn. Dude, we're going to be in the theater for, uh, like, um... <laughs> Ant-Man 5 uh, and won't be like too many ants this I time. I wish I knew what Martin Scorsese says he would have thought of this. <laughs> I think we need to make him watch these movies. Not make him, but like highly encourage like, hey man, have you heard of YouTube? I mean, it, you'd be putting out some banger videos if you were reviewing these movies, dude. That's all I'm saying. Um, anyway, but yeah, I think that is something that I've just been kind of been thinking more aware of. And actually what made me think of this was um this is gonna it's tangential I guess but it was the Mario movie <laughs> okay but Miyamoto was talking about how he like invented this character and he started Nintendo and they asked him about retirement and he's like Nintendo's gonna be fine when I leave and I'm like I don't know if that's so true but fine and it was just like yeah Miyamoto is getting old and like we're not gonna have him forever so I think that was just one of those things that set me on that kind of mindset mm -hmm. you know Harrison Ford another person that I'm like 
I'll be inconsolable when Harrison Ford goes for days. Like, it'll be bad. I, um, I know you will. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Well, you don't have to worry because Disney's already scanned his entire oh body and they'll just CGI uh, digitally recreate him. <laughs> he will be Red Hulk in 40 years. Uh. Oh, my God. But anyway, uh, and not to get, again, I don't want to get morbid about it, but that is just something that I think seeing a movie like this that is so refreshingly fresh but also from such a veteran player in in film is just so wild that this exists in the way it does yeah you they, know? they do not make blockbusters like this anymore you no. know there is such again there is such a distinctive difference between this and the kind of uh cgi heavy blockbusters that we do get where this one obviously is very cgi heavy it's all CGI. but <laughs> but it's kind of like the opposite of top gun in a lot of ways where it is so cgi heavy but like they invested in actually you know making that cgi look you know like they gave it the time it needed yeah. to look as good as CGI can look um, and it is that unparalleled c- uh, cinematic experience compared to the kind of you know I don't want to I keep throwing Marvel under the bus here but yeah. you know Marvel they are well aware that they've been throwing out these movies with unfinished visual effects yeah they're not even like quiet about it they're like oh yeah we kind of messed up huh <laughs> it's like yeah can you fix it yeah we'll start doing that apparently they pushed up a lot of their TV shows back I don't know if you heard that so like yeah. good um yeah, um, uh, what I was going to say, too, um, this mo- the, the original, I just didn't care for the story at all. So, like, when I didn't care for the story I and I wasn't watching it on a big screen, I didn't have anything to pull me in. But in this one, you have the family dynamic that I think works in, like, entirely better in every way. Yeah. Um, it's a lot less of, like, the just straight-up, like, Pocahontas-type story, and it's it's just a full-on family drama at this point, you know? Um, yes. I think that was a very smart move to, you know, wanting to make this a long-lasting franchise, that family aspect. Yeah, that was absolutely the right call. Because those were the characters I most cared about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the fact that uh, Jake Sully is, like, not much of a character. Like, he has yeah. so few scenes in this movie compared to... Uh, the first movie, uh, but you like don't even care because I'm like, show me more of Kiri. Yeah, that's the character Kiri's I care great. about. Kiri is absolutely the best character. Sigourney Weaver tears it up. She's great in this movie as a what? Yeah. She's like a 12 year old kid or whatever in the movie. <laughs> Such a wild choice. Yeah, <laughs> but she's actually so good in it. Um, and like, yeah, there's just. Yeah, the, whenever the kids aren't on screen, people should be asking, where are the kids at? You know, that's how I felt about this movie. Even Spider, I was like, you know what, I like Spider. You Spider's know a weird one, where I'm like, I feel like I will grow to like him. He's interesting for now, is where I'm at on him, you know? I just think that was such a, that was also just such a, you know, wacky, like, retro sci-fi thing, where it's like, they've adopted the son of the yeah. villain. Yeah. <laughs> And now the villain's back in an alien body. Like, it's just so goofy. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. And, like, there are, like, really great comedic bits in this, too. Like, it's not just the the serious... I don't really remember the first one, so I don't know if it felt more serious, but there are, like, really good... There's there's a certain whale character in this movie who has one moment in this this that is actually gut-bustingly laugh-out-loud funny from just, like, a taken-by-surprise moment where you're like, oh, dude, this... Awesome. The whale, yeah, the whale is the best character. We're not yeah, gonna yeah, count yeah. them in the same conversation just because they're not played by an actor. Right. I assume I don't know. Who knows what James Cameron's <laughs> doing behind the scenes? But the whale is the best character. Yes, it, like, dude. Yeah, 
and it just flows. It's a long movie, but it you you just do not feel that time at all. You're just cooking through That's it. That's the way of water. It flows. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that <laughs> a lot. So nominated for best sound, best production design, visual effects, and best picture. It's going to get visual, visual effects. Visual effects is a lock, yeah. yeah. I don't think it nothing, wins best picture. Yeah, nothing else I see is likely. The thing is, if the first Avatar couldn't win best picture or even really come close, I don't mm-hmm. think this one has a chance. No, honestly surprised it was nominated. But cool, like it, it. I don't think it doesn't deserve it. I think I, it does. Yeah, I mean, I'm very happy that I got nominated because yeah. it is, you know, expanding kind of the field for what these best picture noms are, uh, where we don't often see the kind of big sci-fi epics like this. But there are very few other ones that I would feel like, you know, they just up don't here. make sci-fi much anymore. Is the other part? I mean, unless it's Marvel or Star Wars, they don't just don't. Sci-fi is just kind of, at least big sci-fi movies just don't really exist anymore. So. When you get an Avatar, you're like, oh, okay, well, this is cool. I like this. Let's do this more. <laughs> I'm so hyped for Avatar 3. I am, know? too. <laughs> I, am too. I, I never thought I'd say that, but I came out of 2 like, dude, give me the movie. Give, give me the next movie. Give me the Ubisoft game that's definitely not going to be good, but I will still play. Like, let's get in. I'm all in. I'm going to learn the language. I won't, I won't learn the language. That's a joke. <laughs> you say that now, but by the time Avatar 5 rolls around, well, we'll see. You're going to... That's what I was like. I was like, what, what did we just see the kid were you? who played Spider oh, yeah. in? Yeah, he was yeah, in yeah, Scream, Scream 6. 6 and yeah. we were very confused because he had aged up so <laughs> he much. He didn't look the same at all. Um, it is wild that, the, you know, they're already, you know, they have three, they've had three filmed for a while now, and then they already have parts of four filmed. Uh, yeah. It's like, well, I guess it paid off for them because it made $2 billion, you know? Yeah. I do wonder if they're going to be able to keep that pace because I do think there was a huge curiosity factor in it being, you know, it's... Over a decade since the last film came out, there was all that kind of pent up anticipation. True. I wonder if they're going to be able to keep that momentum going. I mean, but two two billions a big number. Yeah. I think there's more than just curiosity there. There's reseeing it because yeah. I saw it twice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think there. I think there will be at but least at so. least for three. They'll yeah. be able to keep that momentum, and then we'll see what happens in three. I mean, as long as James Cameron is still the director, I don't see, you know, I see all of these being, like, the same kind of level of quality is yes. the thing. You know, if anyone else took over this franchise, I'd be like, yeah, there's nothing there anymore, because the no. story and the characters, yeah, I don't, there, there's not much to them. They're very stock characters. It's yes. just the fact that, you know, he's bringing this vision to life in such full form, you know, visual with the special effects, Um you know, to that level, that's really what makes the movie what it is, you know? Yeah. And, um... I had something about it. It's gone. Anyway, it wasn't that important. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, Hope 3 is great. I'm sure it will be, and I cannot wait to see it because, wow. I'm excited uh, for these fire, uh, fire people. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, he's sort of just, like, he's mad about Avatar The Last Airbender, dude. He's pissed. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, so that takes us to, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to, like, write down the time codes, too, so that way I can, like, move the, you know, this oh whole my. thing. Stop that. <laughs> Stop that right now. Um, Do you have the order locked down? Do you know what, uh... Order's locked down now, yes. So we're yeah. good. Okay. We're, 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 we're good. Um, alright, so with one, two, three, four, five, six, I'm counting them now because I hate this. Uh-huh. Uh, 14 points in total, six points from me. Okay. And then eight points from Aaron. Okay. Or no. Yes, eight points from Aaron. 
We've got the Banshees of Inishirin. Okay, well, a movie is, I literally just finished. You literally watching. just finished watching this, so I've not heard your thoughts on it at all. Yes. So, um, I guess we'll start there because I, I also have not heard your thought, thoughts. I don't. I, turn, I mean, I did write me. quite a bit about this for when I did my Aaron right. and Wars. I don't know if you actually read those. I did. Uh, okay. I did. I, but I have no. I, like, I didn't mean like read them in general, it. but like I don't know if you sometimes skip sections for ones that you're like I don't want any spoilers. Like, I don't write them with you spoilers. Don't write them but with spoilers though. You, you, I read them with references. Is the thing though? Yes, you know? but I don't get those. You know, so <laughs> if I haven't seen it, I don't get it. I'm like, okay, I didn't even get the one I did see, or the the one we didn't watch, the Andor yeah. the one. I just uh, just blew over my head. My jokes like, are too know. subtle. It's uh... they're good though. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. I, I enjoy reading the ones that even that I haven't seen or I still plan on reading because they're they're not just the surface level of like this happens in the movie and you know you have a lot of good um, like thematic stuff in there that I liked. I'm like okay, I Thank like you. that. Thank you. Um, but I, I brought it up because I did write about it extensively. I this was one of my best films uh, of the year. It was like my number three. Where or can they read that? Four. Here? Well, they can read it at myhonestopinion.com. You can read my thoughts on my picks for the best films of the year. We'll probably plug that again at the end of the podcast. Yeah. Um, but it was one of my best films. It was my favorite screenplay of the year. And, uh, you know, I think even the performances, uh, I think someone... Maybe not. I don't remember. I, don't I think remember. I might have... I, the thing is, I think I was thinking about Colin Farrell in Best Actor, but then since I awarded him Best Supporting Actor for The Penguin, then uh, I, I might yeah, have had to, put someone else in the actor spread category. spread the love a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, But Colin Farrell is great in this. He's <laughs> insanely good. I... I will watch him in anything, I think. He is just actually probably one of my favorite actors at this I, point. I would agree. I, I I am in the same way. Where If he's in a movie, I'm going to watch it. you know, Because he's probably going to be the best part of it. Like we were talking about The Gentleman the, gentleman, the other yeah. day. He's absolutely the best part of that movie. Everything he does in that movie is great. And then everything around it is like, yeah, this is fine, I guess. But he's amazing throughout the entire thing. Worst thing they did in the Fantastic Beast movie was get rid of him. And replace him with Johnny Depp and then Mads Mikkelsen. Like, what? Why would you do this? You have Colin Farrell. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, my thoughts are, I, dude, this movie's great. I did not realize until we were kind of talking about what ones I had to watch still. And mm-hmm. I was like, Banshee's been sharing. I'm like, I don't know anything about it. I'm not sure like what it even is or if I'm going to like it. I mean, you were a, you were a naysayer on this one, too. Because I, I remember when I first mentioned the movie, I was like, you know, this is a movie. It's about these two lifelong friends. And then one stops talking to the other. Uh, and you were like, yeah, that sounds terrible. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. And that's why I just watched it without you. I was like, fine, I'll watch it by myself. I don't I'm remember really excited. Because I, I think, <laughs> I, man, I don't know what I was smoking that day it's just some stupid juice i guess because that's i mean the 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 um the premise itself is super interesting i guess and like the but i guess it is one of those things where if i didn't know who made it um i guess maybe before i knew yeah you because you didn't know that it was the um that it was martin mcdonough yeah and I also didn't know it was nominated for Best Picture. I guess I didn't really know like anything about like whether it was well-received either. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll... Or even who was in it or anything. I didn't know anything about this movie. Why was I saying I didn't want to see it? Like, what am I supposed you to do? Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember and what that's happened. That's why I was I kept on telling you. I was like, I'm surprised you don't sound interested in this movie at all. But then it became a Best Picture nominee. I was like, yes, he's going to be forced to watch yeah. it. And then he will like it. The, the thing is, too, it's like I, I'm usually not like that about any movie where I'm like, I don't want to see that. So I don't know what was happening that day. Like I was absolutely losing my mind for some reason. I feel so vindicated right yeah, now. You should. You, know, you, you feel what? 
I said vindicated. Vindicated! Yeah. I, I hesitate to say it again because yeah, I knew yeah. where you were going with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's insane. I don't remember that is the worst part. I don't even remember being like, this movie sucks. I, I didn't see the movie. I didn't know anything about it. Anyway. Um, God, I don't even know what I was talking about. Colin Farrell, love him. Yes. He's great. Um, yeah, I, okay, so we'll start there. Martin McDonough. I feel like had I known a little bit more about, like, what... Even, <laughs> I can't believe I said I didn't want to watch this movie. That's insane to me. Um, but once I, like, heard that, yeah, that's him that, that did it, mm-hmm. and I really liked Three Billboards, I think, a lot more than most people did, um, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I, I want to watch this even more now because I think he has just such a great, um, like, a great comedic sense and style to him. Uh, just from that one movie I'd seen. And now I like want to see more from him because clearly he has a style that I enjoy. Um, and just the, the dark, uh, like, uh, like what, what's the word I'm looking for? There's like, like a dark comedy to it, but it's also in the, um, the um, oh God, I'm going to not think of that word and I'm going to sound so stupid. I'm not sure. What, <laughs> yeah, like in on. the, uh, like the, um, Anyway, I'll just keep talking and I'll think about it later. Okay. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, yeah, he clearly has a style that I that I really enjoy, and I, yeah, I wish I would have watched this earlier because yeah, it's very good. Um, yeah, uh, clearly just some insanely good comedy writing, very well done there. Some good emotional writing here. I didn't have to worry about your... I could hear you laughing from the other room, because oh. I was I was in the other room uh, playing Lego the Hobbit while I was watching this movie, uh, and I just kept hearing him, uh, you know, laugh, uh, like, a, you know, a good, uh, good little ratio, uh, you know, of... Uh, yeah, of laughs there. So well, that's the thing too, and, and I really enjoyed about Three Billboards is that there are like really big funny moments, and there's also those more emotional moments and the the more like uh, more thinking part of the movies, I suppose. You know, yeah. um, so and that that's carried over here even better. I, mm-hmm. I would say this is a even better movie than that was. Um, yeah, Colin Farrell's great. I. I had this, like, weird thought while I'm watching this movie that I'm like, him and Barry Keegan have been in, like, every movie together, right? Like, they have must have, like, an insane shared filmography. It's only been three. But it's still a lot. Yeah. Like, it, it is weird still. Um, but, yeah, Barry Keegan, he shows up, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's in it. I like Barry Keegan fine, but he does play just a weird little guy in this movie. <laughs> he very kidding. much does. Uh. Um, but he's great. And, and it is a very different role than I think I'd seen him in too so I really liked him in this as well um Killing of a Sacred Deer was the other one that they're in together oh uh, uh, yeah I have some and um, what was the other one well they were in the Batman together Batman yes yes, yes if yes, you yes, count yes. uh you yeah know. they didn't have like a scene together but it just felt like there were so many more I'm like this is a slam dunk why do they have all these movies together Three, two mostly. Like, they but they should s- do more movies together because they're both good. <laughs> they're great and they're very similar in a lot of ways. I think in their like performances, at least in this movie, in their um, in their Irish nationality. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't going that direction with it. I'm just saying I think their like acting styles are very similar. I suppose when um, I mean Colin Farrell obviously has a little bit more of the like likable. Uh, persona to him not that you don't like Barry Keegan he's probably a fine gentleman but you know he's got a little he usually plays a little bit more of um 
just <laughs> the 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 strange character or something along those right. lines, you know, the, the unsettling character. Right, where Colin Farrell is in he's in full himbo mode in this movie, yes, and that's he is. it's amazing. And he's great. <laughs> Whenever they're just like, you're nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do that scene too, where he finally, or not finally, it's pretty, it's like at the midpoint of the movie where he gets drunk at the bar and then he's t- he's talking to um, Mad Eye Moody. I can't remember his name. Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson. Um, and he's like, you know what? And I, you were nice, and that's it's okay to just be nice. And uh, and he's like, but you know what? Maybe you were never nice at all. Oh God, maybe you were never nice at all. That scene, I was just like, oh man, <laughs> I'm like, that's tough, man. Um, Anyways, this is going to be our friendship one day. <laughs> You're just going to be like, I think I'm done talking to you. Curious, why do you like movies about friends not being friends anymore, Aaron? <laughs> hmm, interesting. We'll add that to the list of interesting oh, things no. about this. <laughs> Speak. <laughs> no, I'm not speaking to you anymore. Oh, I'm no. sorry. Uh. Um... I guess, but, yeah, go for it. I, I, no, I mean, I do really like that aspect. Uh, you know, they, they kind of... Uh... No, no, I don't want. I don't want you to no, feel no. like I'm in threat of ending the friendship. But I was like, I feel like I think it's very interesting how you can understand both of their perspectives in a way mm-hmm. where you're like, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, really cruel move to just kick the, you know, to just cut this guy out of your life. But you know, at the same time, you're like, I kind of get where he's coming from. You know, you, you do, but uh, oh no, am I the Colin Farrell in this relationship? Um, you, you do, but there's also, like, the, those scenes that I think do bring you a little bit more onto his, uh, onto Brennan Gleeson's, like, mindset, are when he is in confession, he's like, yeah, I mean, I feel bad about it, but, like, yeah. I don't want to make him feel bad, but, like, I just don't want to be his friend anymore, like, what am I supposed to do about I it? I think that's why this movie is so great, it's because it is, you know, that's why I was sold just on that log line, because it's like, you're just like, that is such, like, this deeply human, like, very complicated, knotted, emotional kind of situation. You know, there's, you know, where are you going to go with this? Just the idea that they're friends and then he, the one decides to stop speaking with the other, you know, it's, it's just so rich in terms of, you know, this is, you know, something you could debate, like who is the, you know, who's in the right here, who's in the wrong. And the movie, you know, eventually reaches the point where it's like, yeah, they're pretty much both in the wrong. But, you know, yeah. by the end, they also have that great moment where they are kind of like this weird sort of friends still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I just mean, like, I, I, again, I think this is very similar to what he did in Three Billboards with playing with the sympath- uh, sympathies for the characters, where it is, we're very much on Colin Farrell's side for a long time, and then, you know, we get to the point, uh, I don't want to really want to spoil, but there is obviously an escalation of yes. their uh, disagreement, where you reach a point where you're like, well, is Colin Farrell actually the nice guy in this relationship? <laughs> Because it seems like actually there's a many red flags going on here that maybe everyone should cut him out. But then at the same time, the other guy's also escalating it to the most extreme. That's what I love about it. You know? Yeah, they they're they're perfect for each other in that way. You know, they they constantly are escalating things in very strange ways. Um, I'll say this. Donkey deserves everything. That miniature donkey is kind of the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. The donkey is great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the sister was great. I, I actually don't even know who played her, but she was like she had some great scenes. She's nominated for uh, 
uh, yeah. best actress. I guess maybe we should get to that in a second then. Um, and yeah, she's very good. I, I don't think she's, um, she doesn't seem like she's a front runner, but at a certain point it seemed like she might have, um, because I think she won some other awards. Uh, yeah, who, she's great. What? Who is she in all these Marvel movies? Oh, she plays Friday? She, yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Okay, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, weird. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, she's she's absolutely great. And she's got some really great character beats, too. Um, where she absolutely... Uh, supporting is like, yeah, I guess. But she is absolutely just the third main character of the movie. Right. She has a ton of scenes. Um, and she... Oh, I mean, she's extremely important because she's, like she's like the only healthy person in yes. the movie, you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> where it's like she's the only one that's like emotionally put together and knows how to deal with the situation she's in. Where everyone else is like trapped on this island and constantly frustrated and angry about things that they don't really understand. So they're taking it out on, other, on, on each other kind of thing. Uh, and she's the only one that's like, yeah, I understand my place in life and I understand where I want to go with it uh, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's very much uh, the third main character. Uh, yes, and I I did want to bring this up too because we're talking about the whole premise of it, and I thought it was great that Barry Keegan has that line where he's like, well, he just doesn't like me anymore. He doesn't want to be my friend. What are you guys twelve? <laughs> like, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, the movie's just actually super funny. the The biggest laugh I got was when he's uh, picking up the guy that. Um, uh, Brendan Gleeson is teaching how to play uh, uh, violin, and then he's be like, "Yeah, I gotta tell you, I did get a telegram from your from your from your mom. Mom's dead. Oh, I mean, I meant your dad, maybe. <laughs> like that whole scene was maybe like and capped off with the the, the most yeah. unexpected punchline yes. of the entire film. <laughs> is it, I, it's that the, there's a grenade bit in a different movie. <laughs> That we won't talk about that that scene, um, and like there's there's a couple I'd have to think of again, but like probably just some of the best jokes I, I've heard this year in a movie. And like the best part is, is because it fits into the movie, but it also just seems like a joke he thought of, and he's like, "That's a great joke. How do I work it into this movie?" <laughs> you know, like he actually great. thought of that first and wrote the screenplay around it. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. It's like I don't know. I guess maybe they're friends and they stopped speaking. I, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there is a lot of just, uh, that, that emotional weight to those types of situations that is in this movie, and there's a lot of, um, especially by the end when, like, things really start to escalate and things hit the fan, you're like, okay, there's, there's, like, still a respect between them, they're interestingly, uh, yeah, I don't know, there's just a lot. I, again, I just watched this movie, so give me, <laughs> give me some leeway, um, Oh, there we go. That's what I was looking for. Finally got there. Um, the way Leeway? he, huh? Leeway? No, 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 no. no sorry. Um, I I thought of it in my head while I was talking. Yeah, That's okay. why my sentences never make sense. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of something while I'm saying something else. Um, but I think I what I appreciate about uh, Martin McDonough's style, I suppose, at least from the two I've seen now, is the comedy and the like uh, emotional. Uh, beats and the dramatic tension in just the the mundane, I suppose, I think is pretty interesting. Where it's just like, yeah, he just doesn't want to be friends with them. That's the movie. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And there's all these great jokes from it. There's uh, a lot of uh, emotional depth and weight and character there. Um, and Three Billboards is a little bit more. There's a little bit more going on there. But it is still, like, for the most part, not like a huge plot, I suppose. Um, so I do, I appreciate that, I guess, about the style. And I'd be interested because he did it in, Br- in Bruges, correct? 
Bruges. I can't pronounce it. I can't, yeah, you did that one too. It. And it's the same. It's Colin Farrell and, and Brendan Gleeson in that yeah. too. As so well. I think I, I obviously. I think that was before that. Barry Keegan's uh, career really Kickstarter. <laughs> or else you probably would have been in that too. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to see that now. Um, yeah. That's, that might be all I have to say about it because I'm still fresh on. It. Do you have anything else you'd? Uh, I mean, I, I think we kind of, I think we kind of covered it. This is one I really ended up loving, uh, but it's just, yeah, again, because I think that is such a knotted, you know, emotional uh, concept. Uh, you know, like who is in the right, who is in the wrong, and you know, they're really both wrong in the end. And I, I don't know, it just kind of spoke to me in a way uh, a lot of other of these nominees didn't. You know, that's fair. There, there is an emotional. Um, aspect that feels more grounded i suppose in this one than some of like you know you're not out there you're not flying top gun planes that i know of maybe that's the rift maybe that's what our mm-hmm. banshees of indishirin is you're out yep. there fighting unnamed forces in the uh, in the old planes but yeah i mean i think yeah you're you're right that we're it is much more you universal experience where we're not we're not pop stars we're not in war we're not flying planes uh, we're not rich uh, yeah but we all have gotten to the point where we're like you know there's there's certain friends that you lose touch with whether intentionally or not intentionally uh, mm-hmm. but it happens uh, and it is kind of a question of at, at which point uh, do you. Uh, and I think Save setting a relationship, it, or in which points do you kind of go your separate ways? And I think setting it on the island too makes it so much more interesting. Where it's like, yeah, they can go their separate ways, but they're still seeing each other everywhere. So it's like they're not really going their separate way. ways. Yeah, I mean that that's something uh, I think I put in my initial review of the movie. Where it's like, yeah, they both just don't realize how small their lives really are. You know, like the island's not big enough for the both of them. Kind of. Yeah, like the uh, they're they're still going to the pub. Pub's not that big. They're going to church. Church's not that big. The roads that they walk by, they see each other every day still. Um, but just he doesn't want to talk to them. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's just good. Very, very good. Um, so that is our number four movie. So now, would you believe it, Aaron? Okay. We have a two-way tie for number two and three. How would we like to split such a tie? Um... I don't think it really matters. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> Go with whatever one you want to talk about now. Let's let's start with Tar. Okay. So Tar at seventeen points. Um, I have this listed as my number one. So I got ten points. Um, and then Aaron, you have it listed. I assume at three then. Or four, 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 four. I can't do math. I can't. Do I have math. my list right here on my iPad in front of me. Huh? Yeah, I'm trying to like peek at it, like <laughs> get a little hints sometimes. I have to do a little bit of counting to be like, okay, well, how many points would that one be getting? Yeah, tar, um, tar. which is also one you very recently very saw. Recently and I saw a while saw. ago, so you're probably gonna have more. Uh, I saw this kind of sleep deprived as hell. <laughs> I woke up at 4 a.m. I had worked a full day, and then I was like, if I go home, I'm falling asleep. I'm not gonna be able to watch this movie. In comes this theater near our house that's not uh, the, like, nicest theater. In fact, it's a pretty bad theater, but it was showing Tar at just the perfect time. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go see this then. And, uh, yeah. It was really great. I could not yeah. believe. I'm like, for the, what the movie was, I got another one I didn't really know much about. The trailers had played before um, 
some movies like weirdly early in the year. And it's a very odd trailer too cuz it's such a like a horror movie vibe to the to the trailer. Yeah. And I think there is a strong debate for whether the movie itself is a horror movie. I know people have kind of um kind of brought up that debate because the character is in you know literally haunted by a ghost in the movie. Uh Yeah. This was so good. This I, was very good. I, I yeah. could not even believe. So um, I, I saw this sleep deprived as hell. I did not fall asleep once. There was a brief moment early, early on where I'm like, oh no, oh no. And then I sat up and I watched, <laughs> you know, and I uh, enjoyed it entirely all the way through. Kate Blanchett is amazing in this movie. Um, I don't know who's nominated for the uh, these awards this year. I have not like kept up that much on it on the race, other than Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me pull up Tar's um, nominations here. But yeah, Kate Blanchett was my pick for uh, when I yes. did write the errands. That was my pick for uh, Best Performance of the Year. Uh, and uh, yeah, I stand by that because it's, it's there's like nothing else like in comparison, you know. No, uh, but I, I think that's also incredible. yeah, it's also helped by the fact that the entire movie is just like this three hour character piece built around her performance, yes. you know. So she gets so many moments that um, that other uh, actors are not going to get. Yes, absolutely. So we uh, against Andrea Riseborough, which I not even a chance considering they want to kick her out or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't it's even know not what happened. happened. Uh, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I, 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 again, I, I didn't look too deep into the different awards it's, this year. Yeah, it's just a weird situation. But yeah, I don't think she's going to win. Michelle Williams. Williams for the Fablemans. Uh, Kate Blanchett, Tar, Anna De Armas for Blonde, and then uh, Michelle Yeoh for uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, um, I... I feel like she'll... Hmm, I don't know. It's either her or Mich- Michelle Yeoh. Um, yeah. I th- but... I think that's a clear... Uh, yeah. Clear competition. Anyway, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just really enjoyed all the way through. Um, just it's very slow burn. Um, very, very uh, script heavy. Um, or what, what, dialogue heavy script is what I was looking for. Um, really enjoyed the writing was obviously great. Uh, I I just had like no notes and I this was this was the, the crisis of conscience I was talking about where I came on like five stars like I don't even know what I'd say about this movie like I just loved all of it it was all great <laughs> um, and then I had to I lowered it down to four and a half because I'm a coward <laughs> I was like I give too many things five stars this year I can't do this I'm like yeah, I think I might raise I, it back I don't think now. anyone would uh, I don't think care no one care. cares I but I I have this like you know. <laughs> Cancel culture these days. What? <laughs> They're gonna cancel me for giving me too, too many five stars. That's what you're gonna get canceled for? Yeah, is, uh, too many yeah, five star movies. Hard joke for you. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the thing where I'm like, I can see maybe people taking it and being like, yeah, it's a cancel culture movie. And I'm like, yeah, but not really though. That's not like the point of the movie. Um, anyway, that's I don't know. I've been reading like what people think about it, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I see where you're coming from on that, but I would disagree I suppose um, I don't know what do you think Aaron you saw it earlier than me I thought I thought this was incredible uh, I you know it is just um, yeah you're right that any conversation about it is gonna bring up cancel culture but I, I think what's really great about this uh, movie is that it's not really 
that, you know, mm -hmm. where it could have so easily been that. And, mm -hmm. you know, there is a much weaker version of the film where it is kind of more topical in that way. Mm -hmm. But I think what makes the movie work so well is it is much more of just kind of a classical tragedy mm -hmm. uh, where it is just we're following this narcissist who is like, you know, the cause of her own downfall kind of deal. Yes. Um, and just having all these moments where you could, like, you're like, turn back, turn back. You, you know, you see where exactly where this is yes. going to lead you, and yet you still keep following the same path, kind of kind of tragic flaw of hubris that, you know, this is what great tragedies have been built on since, yes. you know, the start of time. It, it's it, Cancel culture, quote-unquote, is the, like, the bullet it's not the gun i guess you know what i mean like if that makes sure. sense it's um it, it's the the means to which her downfall begins i suppose but it's not the point of the film um yeah no it's it's just great um I don't want to talk about the very end because I feel like that's something that... This is a hard one to talk about without spoilers, yes. uh, for sure. And especially because, yeah, the, the very end is such a great little punchline uh, yeah. that... I was so glad it wasn't spoiled for you because this was one I was watching in my own room while you were uh, <laughs> out in the other room. Mm -hmm. Um and I was so worried you were gonna overhear some of the some of the music going on, and then you'd be like, "What was what was going on in there? Uh, yeah. Why were you, why were you listening to that music?" And I'd be like, um, "Well, you see, well, <laughs> so I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to spoil it for you." Well, and the credits almost spoiled it for me too. But it, like, thankfully, I didn't like know where it was coming because the credits are at the beginning of the movie and they right. play them in reverse mm -hmm. um, as like a, a, a kind of homage to like movies are built by. Hundreds of people that aren't just Todd Field, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that's what really sold me on the movie, too, was that kind of a move of opening the credits. Because that really puts the whole movie in perspective where it's not really about tar. It's kind of a, just about power and positions of power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, this kind of idea, you know, of... It's not. It, it, this is kind of just what happens when we isolate power in too few people, mm -hmm. kind of deal. And I really like that he kind of exemplified that by you know being like, I'm going to share the credit with all these people that make film possible. You know, it's not. It's not just one person uh, making this work. It's you know, Lydia Tarr would have been nowhere without the orchestra behind her, kind of deal. Mm -hmm. It would be nothing without Capcom, is all I'm saying. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, the performances, the, just the characters that are in this. Um, the All I'm saying is... <laughs> what? I wouldn't be cheating on my German wife, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's just my little through line I like to bring into all of these. Like, with Don't Look Up, I'm like, listen, if Melanie, if Melanie Linsky was my wife, it couldn't be me, is all I'm saying. <laughs> you know? Oh so that's just my little joke I like to throw in every time. <laughs> Even though I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's whatever. Um, yeah, I, another one that's just, it's hard to talk about. And again, I just saw it so recently, I feel like I do need to sit with it more before I'm, like, fully... I think this probably could be my favorite movie of 2022. I'd have to, like, really think on it. Honestly, um, after you after you came in giving it four and a half stars, I'm like, yeah, this is probably a four and a half star movie for me, too. Uh, I only gave it four uh, at the time, and it was kind of, it was like sixth overall for the year for me, but I'm like, you know what, it might actually like it better than that. 
because it's just it is the kind of film that sticks with you and you're constantly <laughs> thinking about because there is so much to it you know there's depth there's there's um I, I think the things it doesn't do are also just as impactful I suppose because there's a scene and it sets it up I, I, Okay, so near the end, there's a moment that you'd expect, I suppose, to be in here, where they get, characters usually get like a last hurrah, I suppose, you know? Mm -hmm. And the movie is so good at robbing the character of that, and it does it in such a way where you don't even realize it's happening until the the event happens, you're like, oh my god, I, I thought for sure that's where this is headed, right. and it's not until that gets thrown where you're like, okay, this is doing something crazy, uh, and I love it, mm-hmm. and it's doing something completely different than I expected. Right, and then it just keeps on going and going into a completely different uh, climax, kind of, where yes. you're like, yeah, where is this going in the end, you know? And I was like, I would still watch this for another, like, three hours, yeah. keep going. <laughs> well, and it's shot so beautifully, too. Um, I don't know what this is nominated for. Let's pull it up here. I think it did get a cinematography nod. I'm not sure. I could see it. I would honestly probably go for this one. I'd have to look at all the nominees, of course, but um, I just really wish they would only show the the Academy Award ones. That's all I've been looking at. So why would it just change it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Film editing, great. Cinematography, great. Screenplay, amazing. Uh, Best director, uh, yes. Actress, yes. Best picture, I, I, I don't know if I want it to win Best Picture because of the two that I'm like, I would like this to win. I think the other one I would like to win for different reasons more, I guess. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just absolutely great on all fronts. And I do think that ending, without spoiling it, you say it's a great punchline, and it is, but it's a punchline only to the character who is living it, I suppose, yeah. you know? Where it's, it, 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 it's seen... Oh, God, I... Uh, <laughs> Alright, minor, minor spoiler. I'm not going to get dive into it. But it is seen as so beneath her, but that's such a, uh, a hubris thing, mm-hmm. you know? But I, there's also an interesting point of that character, too, where even though I think there is a like a level of, like, this is beneath me, when she walks in, she's like, all right, so now we're going to talk about this. What do you think this piece is trying? Like, she's still trying to make the best of it, which is, like, also one of those, like, tragic moments, too, where she's yeah. like, this is all she knows. And this is all she has. It's the only place she has any power um, anymore. And, like, it's when it, it, when that power starts being leaking from the conductor stand into relationships and into, uh, like, power dynamics where things start to get messy and terrible and, and, and worth destroying herself over, I suppose, that, yeah, it's just super interesting. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, and I think one of the, um, one of the great elements of the the film is how it has, like, these kind of smaller moments where we see different sides of, uh, of Tar, mm-hmm. um, where it doesn't it doesn't paint her um, so narrowly into like you know it's not like she's absolutely mad with power. There are these mm-hmm. there, there's these moments where you like kind of see different perspectives over, her and you're always questioning like because obviously when the when the movie opens, she's giving this very public interview kind of thing, and we're like, yeah, she's putting on this performance, you know, trying to hype herself up uh, because she's in front of this crowd. She's giving this New Yorker interview and all that. Um, and then you're always through the rest of the movie being like, okay, where does that performance actually stop though? Cause she's still performing in front of all these people. Um, 
And then, but then there's also like small moments uh, here and there throughout the film, which I think the most interesting mo- uh, moments in the movie to me are like when she's alone mm-hmm. and we actually see her when she isn't in front of anybody and like how is she acting in those situations? And I think that adds a lot of uh, I think that adds a lot of nuance to the character uh, that's really interesting, you know, mm-hmm. where it's not to the point where you're like, oh, Lydia Tard did nothing wrong because I don't think anyone would ever say that. No, but I do think there is this kind of interesting sympathy that it does play with where you you get these moments where you're like you, you un, again i don't i don't want to say well it, it paints it paints her as a human being and not right. just a mustache twirling that's villain, yeah know, like, that's what i'm getting at where you're like yeah it, that's what makes it a tragedy is mm-hmm. we kind of see all these moments where we could see, we see the you person see, she could have been and you can see yourself in certain parts like that's the the point of these huge character epics i imagine and i suppose depending on the movie but you can see certain aspects of like yeah you know there there is just a a uh, a grasping for power and control and in these moments where she feels like she has none mm-hmm. um that you know i mean clearly i hope no no one takes it to the extent that she does but you understand that moment of like i need control i need a sense of um of 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 of, of stability i suppose and and her stability obviously she takes that in really terrible uh places but yeah i mean it's I, 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 I what i do like about it is it is not just like that cancel culture like oh she was she was an evil person and then we uh you know and this was her rightful uh downfall kind of thing i, I think it is more this kind of universal story of like how we all need to kind of be vigilant about uh you know our own uh, relationship with power and uh, mm-hmm. i think again that ties back to the uh the op- opening with those credits the way that they do and just kind of recognizing our own capacity to go down dark paths if we uh if we don't uh if we're not responsible for ourselves and responsible for the people around us kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what, that that's what makes this movie so great to me is that it is th- that very nuanced discussion of it. Yes. Again, I feel like the way I'm talking about it, I may, it makes it sound like I'm like, Lydia Tars the hero, but I'm not, I'm, no, I, you I understand think, what I'm getting at. Cool. Okay? You're at where I was at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I'm really self-conscious about this. So now it's kind of a podcast in two parts. But I, um, I, yeah, I just think it's, an, I just think it is an interesting, uh, you know, conversation. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone would get that from what you're saying. <laughs> no, like, it's... And I don't think... Yeah, the movie... Yeah, it, it, it's a complex portrait instead of a, a very narrow, one-dimensional one that would not... If that's what this movie was, if, if Tar was only that one-dimensional character, it would... It would almost be more damaging, I suppose, to that idea, because then it's it's so much easier to just be like, well, I'm not that. You know, I'm not right. the I'm not the evil person who does this, and I just I I just do this to mess with people, and I don't care what other people think. It's easy. It's it's easier to vilify that than it is to this person does have redeeming qualities there are good things to this person they have a a work ethic and they they care about um at least one person there's that scene where she has with her wife where she's like there's only one person you've never had a transactional relationship with and it's your daughter and it's like yeah she is a good mom (laughs) there's the scene where she talks to the kid And no one will believe you, because I'm an adult. It's like, oh, that's in microcosm right there. Um, 
But there, there is like those moments of like, yeah, nobody is all one thing, I guess. And, and painting people as such makes it so easy to like, I'm not that, so I don't have to worry about that, you know? So I think that's where the, the interesting stuff in this movie comes from, is, is painting them in a thir- three-dimensional uh, light, I suppose. You are right that this is the reverse of how the podcast started, because now I want to say thank you for actually finding the words to express <laughs> what I was trying to convey. Because, yeah, you just made that actually... You, that's the point I was trying to make, and you made it sound smart. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Sometimes I can sound smart, that was me pouring Pepsi. Sorry if you could hear that. That didn't sound smart. Uh, no, it did. Don't, I mean, don't admit to drinking Pepsi. It's Cherry Pepsi, though. That makes all the difference. Sponsored by Cherry Pepsi. Why do I drink it? Because it makes me feel good. <laughs> I don't know if that's such a niche joke. <laughs> There's a, a... What's her name? Gillian? Or is it Jillian Jacobs? I never remember. Um, <laughs> commercial with Diet Coke that I hate. <laughs> because it's such, like, shilling. I hate it so much. Anyway. Um, yeah. Tar. I, I, I think I just convinced myself into this being my favorite movie of the year. Um, beating out Barbarian, <laughs> which is such a strange choice to love that movie, though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I think this there's an argument to be made for this being a horror movie because there's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's all these moments where you're like, where exactly is this going? Because she's like, objects are mysteriously appearing in her house or disappearing in her house. And mm-hmm. apparently, there are, I didn't really catch this on Boom, but I've seen the screenshots that there are like actual like frames of the things where the the uh, student from the past is kind of like lingering in the background like as like a ghost shadow kind of thing oh that makes me really want to rewatch this yeah now because <laughs> which is a very interesting did not technique. catch it well the sound in my theater was so not good too because there's like some scenes where there's like the metronome scene which i could definitely hear that when she like hears that and she's like what's going on with that mm-hmm. um and then there's like one with like the fridge like the fridge is making noise could not hear that. So I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh. And she opens the fridge. And I'm like, okay, so she can hear that. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm not even meant to hear that. Maybe that's like some, one of those things where like she can hear that because she's got the guilty conscience. And I think that is another thing, too, that I think um, is such an interesting theme, too, with guilt in general. Like, Because she, in those moments when she's uh, damage controlling and trying to be like, well, do this and do this so that I don't get in trouble... It, it, she hides the guilt that she so clearly feels so well. And I think those moments where it's like that does come through are really like actually powerful moments. And I think the moment where that does get lost is when more spoilers, not deep spoiler, when she goes back home and she's watching that tape of um, uh, Leonard Bernstein. Um, <laughs> Leonard Bernstein was one of the great composers of the 19th century. Ah, what a great bit. Where are we going? (laughs) Um, No, but I think there is that that scene, too, where she does lose it a little bit, where it, it, it feels less like there's the guilt is coming through and feeling... It's more like the feeling bad because she got caught and because she lost what she loved, I guess, and more in that sense. So I think there are those moments where she does go even further down a path that's like, oof, that's a little rough, you know? Um, Anyway, Mark Strong is in this movie. He was in this movie. (laughs) I think that's it. I do all we want to say about Tar. I feel like that's the one we're going to talk the most about. Um, So that's Tar. Uh, Let me write this down. Let me write this down. So... Next on the list, with another 17 points, a tie, of course, as remember, we already talked about that. Does everyone remember? Thank you. Um, 
Oh my god, I'm so stupid. All right. Uh, so with 17 points, uh, that's going to be eight points for me. Okay. And then nine points from you. Yes. Correct. Okay. Uh, the Fablemans, which uh, another movie that I don't know that I like thought I wouldn't enjoy, but I just was like, well, you know, it's a. It, it is the kind of thing where you're like, oh, it's a movie about the magic of movies, you know? Like, Which it's, I do love it's those, Spielberg's but... version. Like, yeah, we all know Spielberg. We all love Spielberg movies. Um, but you know, there's only so many times you can see the, uh, you know, these shots of these little kids looking wide-eyed at the, at the, you know, with the theater projector running behind them and staring <laughs> up, and uh, you're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, Stephen. I get it. But I think what's really great about this movie is that it isn't that. Um, and that's what really, uh, really appealed to me about this movie is it is a lot more, uh, complicated than you would expect. Uh, well, maybe not that you would expect, but I think, uh, you know, Spielberg kind of gets written off as kind of simplistic and sentimental, a lot mm-hmm. kind of deal. And, you know, I think that's never really been conveyed in his body of work. If you actually dig deep into his body of work, there is a lot of uh, different variety within that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially my favorite era of Spielberg is post-9-11 Spielberg, because that man just, you know, <laughs> he did not handle it well. I, <laughs> and he produced I some of the best look. films. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Let's see here. Well, I'm thinking like Minority Report, War okay. of the Worlds, Munich. Um, what's yeah. the other one? I don't oh. know. No, I don't. I don't remember what the other one, but those three in particular are some of my favorites. I still, of only have seen of those ones, uh, War of the Worlds, but um, but not to get off on uh, Spielberg's filmography uh, all that much. But I mean, the movie kind of demands it. But yes, it does. But I do think it's interesting that it's not just like about it's. It is in some aspects that kind of magic of the movies uh, film, mm-hmm. where it is like you know he has these moments where everyone's seeing what he's doing with the films and they're all laughing in the theaters or excited, you know, and like they're su- his dad surprised with the gunshots in the Western films or his yeah, class bully is like, you made me look like a God kind of deal. So there is that magical movies aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But then there's also so much about just like kind of, it's so personal and you can feel that in the movie where it's like Spielberg is just kind of like still he, he he comes off as like this trapped little kid still, you know, mm-hmm. where he is at the at the end of this long, very successful career, and in this movie, he's essentially saying like, yeah, I'm kind of still emotionally right back there in the room where, you know, in the other room while my parents are having an argument uh, in the other one, and I'm overhearing it kind of deal. Uh? Yeah, and I think that's just such a it it, it is just kind of rare to get a movie that kind of raw from this uh, person that's so prominent in pop culture kind of deal mm-hmm. and just have him be this vulnerable on screen I think that was really impactful I um yeah it's something about Spielberg that I feel like just every time at least <laughs> maybe not Ready Player One but even, even to an extent Ready Player One is you don't remember how good Spielberg is until you watch a new Spielberg movie and you're like oh my god he's still that good <laughs> like oh my god he just is um I mean you know War Horse notwithstanding <laughs> I haven't seen it but um <laughs> yeah there's not- a lot of Spielberg I just haven't seen but there, it's such a, an insanely large body of work <laughs> that it's just I, I'd have to really I mean I've seen them out. all what's holding you back uh? Uh, you know who knows <laughs> But, you know, movies like Jaws and, and stuff like that, and, 
you know, obviously the Indiana Jones movies, War of the Worlds. Uh, the one you were thinking of maybe was The Terminal? No, it wouldn't have been The Terminal. How about Catch Me If You Can? No. I'll, You're out I'll, of movies. <laughs> That's it. That was all. That's all you had. I think I might be I think I might be lumping AI uh in there, but yeah. I don't know if that came out before. I think it might have come out right before. It would have come out before. Wasn't that one that was also uh, he didn't start that movie, right? You, no, that was yeah, that was the one that uh Kubrick, Kubrick uh was yes, yeah. Yes. Starting um. and then he uh, ended up finishing it. But apparently the interesting thing about that movie is that the parts that you think are Spielberg, uh, Spielberg's contributions were not. And it was actually the other darker stuff that he put in the uh, screenplay. Weird. Um, but anyway, uh, The Fablemans. Uh, this really hit for my divorced parents having ass. <laughs> that was my review for the movie. But also, yeah, like the um, those moments of, of, like, it captures that, like, glimpses back... Um, and the, like, uh, the way it does just, it's less like a, a through line story and more there's like, just like chunks of the life that you remember, um, that is super interesting. The, uh, like there's stuff like when he was like, like a young kid, just like really like remembering what it was like parents together, um, happy quote unquote, you know, what you think. Um, and then like experiencing like the magic of the world in that moment. And then there's like the moments where you start to see the cracks. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, just the way that continues all the way through. Um, I was like, yeah, you know, he, he gets it. (laughs) This guy gets it. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, so I thought that was really great. Um, and obviously, uh, uh, Michelle Williams and, and Paul Dano, right? Yes. Are the, yeah. Are the parents, yeah. Amazing and great in this movie. Um, I mean, Seth Rogen. I'll just say that. Like, that makes this movie better just from having him in it. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> And I was not expecting, because uh, I didn't really know... Uh... You know, I, I didn't really know going in uh, how big of a role he was going to play in the movie. It's kind of deal. Like, I heard him casting, and Spielberg mm-hmm. was like, yeah, he's going to play my favorite uncle. And then you get to the actual film, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. your favorite uncle? Okay, Spielberg. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, um, yeah, so... A lot of really good stuff there. Um, I think I, I I don't know anyone's names in this movie other than those three. But the the person who plays the uh, you know teenage version of him was really great. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know any names here. I'll pull no, up just stuff. Look them up. Uh, yeah, but just really enjoyed another one that, like I said, you don't realize how good Spielberg is until you're watching it, and you're like, yeah, this is actually so good. Um, Let's see, what was it nominated for? Uh, Oscar nominations. Let's see, so we've got uh, production design, screenplay, uh, original score, supporting actor for... uh, It's for the the great uncle, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Best director, best actress, Michelle Williams, um, then best picture. So, yeah. Uh, Do you really... Where, where are you at on this? Do you think this wins Best Picture? Do you think this still has a chance? I think I've heard it talked about less, I suppose, recently. Yeah. I mean, I think it is weird because this does seem like the kind of film that would be such a shoe-in for Best Picture. And when it first came out, it was kind of talked about as a shoe-in where it is, it's Steven Spielberg making a movie about movies. You know, mm-hmm. the Oscars are going to eat this up kind of idea. Um, where I don't think it is at that point yet. I don't think it gets Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I do think it has still has a strong chance at Best Director. 
Yes. Because I think that it is very much... It's less about the film and more about awarding Spielberg himself. I think that actually is very fitting for uh, what the film is, because it is that very personal film. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that giving him the Best Director Award for it is almost in the same way awarding it a, a, the Best Film uh, Trophy, because... It, it, so much of this film is just this is Spielberg. This is you know his uh, his memories, his uh, his fears, his his joy of discovering how to uh, create these uh, movies and all that. It's it, all of it is just right there uh, in the film. Um, and so yeah, I think it's just kind of synonymous. Giving best director to Steven Spielberg would be the same as saying you know the Fablemans is a great film. <laughs> yes, yes. I yeah, I think you're right about that. I think I think uh, director is pretty much a, another another shoe in there. Um, yeah, there's uh, another one that I'm just like it's interesting to talk about because it is so much less like super plot focused and more just like that pure just like character vignette sort of like mm-hmm. looking back on life type uh, uh, moment. Um, like there's the like there's the whole like subplot where he gets uh, his first girlfriend essentially. Love and they have it. that scene, uh, yeah, where they're uh, no, I think uh, that's, praying before they make out, and that's it. That's, that's the good. scene that really got to me. Yeah, huh? it was, it and was it's like good. it doesn't really play all that much into the overarching plot, or like the it doesn't really tie into his uh, divorce with his parents much. Or I would well, disagree. Well, I mean, like it. <laughs> It, it's not as essential uh, of a moment, but I'm so glad he did include it mm-hmm. um, because that is just such a very specific kind of childhood memory, first experience kind of thing that that really makes us seem so great. Huh? Well, and something that I don't know, maybe I, I don't know, maybe we talked about this, maybe I, we didn't, but I think that scene and more the 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 prom scene or maybe homecoming, whatever one it was, that scene like. It's one of those things where I'm like, this hit for my divorced parents haven't asked. There's a moment in that where I'm also like, you know, maybe therapy would help on this. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but maybe Steven Spielberg is just as good. But, um, where, yeah, right, go on. Go on. This is, no, yeah, no, I, I want to hear this. Um, I understand. But there's the bit where he's, uh, it's it's like the day after he found out that his parents are getting divorced. And there's this moment where he's like, all right. Let's do this. Where we're going, you're gonna to come to college with me. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And it's just like she's like, you know, I forget. I forget the exact line now. I think I put it in my review. So let me um, pull it up. Did you put it in your review? I think I did. Let me here. I'll. Do so it. I think you put a different quote in your review, didn't you? No, it, I think I don't remember now. Oh no! What have I done? Here we go. Just, uh, sometimes we can't fix things, Sam. All we can do is suffer. And that moment where she says that to him, and I'm like, oh, dude, like I just—it's one of those where you just see yourself, and you're like, this is like how I am, and I hate it. Uh-huh. But I didn't even realize I was like who this was in me, like the like gripping so tight because you don't want to let go because uh-huh. you know what that is. Uh-huh. And yeah, that was that moment where I'm like, this hit. This movie hits. It's I, so good. I, I totally understand that because I feel like that was me. We didn't talk about this, but that, I feel like that was me and Banshees. Of into Sheeran where there was a moment there was moments where I was like oh god that might be me <laughs> and, uh, I was like yeah. so I totally get that uh, yeah so that just that moment pretty much just solidified this as just so so good um, and really hit and like it's it's one of those that's it's such a personal movie but for 
um, like people who have like gone through that sort of thing and the way um, you know it affects you. It it spoke. It was very true. It was just very true. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and again, that's why I think it's so great that he was this vulnerable about his experience, because I do think, yeah, it is a very specific movie, but it is also conveying such universal ideas um, in it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that kind of latch on to those sources of stability, and sometimes, maybe I'm telling it myself, but maybe they latch on to movies as a source of stability, (laughs) and then that's why their life becomes so much about movies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get you. (laughs) Um... But yeah, anyway, I don't know. We're getting too deep about the failed ones. We're two and a half. We're almost two and a half hours in. Well, that's shorter than some of these nominees, still. So that's our metric, Dude, and we're sure. almost done. We're almost done. We are almost done. Besides, but, um, you can skip around. You can listen to it after the fact. Who, yes. You know, once you see these movies, you, know, you can you can hear us talk about them. I used to worry about podcast lengths, and then I'm like, Jacob listens to like three hour podcasts all the oh, time. Literally, I guess that's, that's just the crowd. You. I'm like, I because I listen to so many podcasts that I'm like, I know like what I like about podcasts. I'm like, when we, I'm like the stuff and at I, the beginning, yeah. Where I'm like, that's just fun. That's like fun to see behind the the curtain for just a moment and be like okay yeah they're, they're talking beforehand I'm like so like that stuff I love including because I'm like that's what I like to hear in podcasts and long ones I'm like you know <laughs> sometimes you're just doing nothing for three hours and you're like I got I got three hours to kill what am I going to listen to um anyway Anyway, yeah, yeah, so. and I don't listen to podcasts like at all, so I'm just like, why would anyone want to listen to this for three hours? But you know, I've been talking for uh, three hours, and uh, yeah. and uh, you know what? We've been having good conversations. I feel like things really turned around. <laughs> the beginning, well, it's just the the thing where when there are movies that we don't really care too much for, it's like, yeah. how do we really, you know, like right. wax There's poetic? Not about a whole lot them. to say, There's but not... what is the fame ones? We're just like, <laughs> now we're regurgitating all these uh, childhood, uh, <laughs> yeah. Issues, uh, we're in, uh, <laughs> just turn this into a group therapy, uh, session, uh, now for, uh, anyone listening. Daddy but... Steven, please. I don't, don't know. do not say that. <laughs> Zaddy, sorry. Zaddy Steven Spielberg. <laughs> please stop, I'm begging you. <laughs> what's, what's next for old Steven Spielberg, do we know? He's gonna, well, he has a couple things in the works, but it sounds like his next one is gonna be the, uh, the Bullet movie. I don't know if you know the original Bullet with Steve McQueen. Uh, it's oh. the one with the famous uh, car chase. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I've he's gonna, heard of it, but I didn't realize he... He's, he's doing like a quasi-sequel to that kind of thing. Where okay, interesting. It's like it's the same character, but it's like kind of unrelated un- otherwise. It's hmm. not It's not a remake. It's just him on like a different story. Um, that sounds like it might be his next one. Okay. I mean, the thing is, it just, this movie is, it's weird because this movie feels so much like a career capper, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Where it it's does. like, what is going to be his final movie? Does he have that planned or is it just going to end up being like he makes Ready Player Two and then unexpectedly <laughs> dies and everyone's like, oh no, why was it Ready Player Two? <laughs> well, and that's another thing we were just talking about earlier with Avatar, where it's like, yeah, Steven Spielberg is not going to be around forever. And that will be maybe one of the most devastating days of film when Steven Spielberg's gone. Because talk about just like one of the most pop culture, just has put out banger after banger of movies that... Um, War Horse. Right, DFG. <laughs> but, you know, movies that, for better or worse, if, if, if they're, they're not tied to anything. They are original movies for the most part. Um, that Or, you know, if they're, like, based on... They're not, like, big IP that he's doing. Um, and he's... They, they sell. And, like, it's just because Steven Spielberg is such a name, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
there's just few people like that, I guess. So, yeah, anyway. no one, no one's ever gonna have the same career, same type of career as he did. You no. know, no one's gonna have that kind of you know uh, diversity in their work, uh, and no one's gonna you know. He, I, I mean, Spielberg in a way had kind of like the perfect directorial career, you know, where he kind of like starts small with these very critically acclaimed low budget TV movies, and then he works his way up to Jaws and pretty much defines the summer blockbuster, and then he just like keeps on working up the budget and the scale of the movies, and then eventually he hits the point where he's like, and now he's an award winner, and he's got all these like very serious, uh, you know, tough dramas uh, going on, uh, and yet still makes time for the blockbuster. It's like, this is exactly what every director should really aspire to. You know, you're hitting all the quadrants. You're uh, continually moving up in your career. Honing kind of the deal. craft. Honing changing, the craft, yes. Uh, Evolving and moving into different genres, experimenting with different styles kind of thing. Like, he just made a, he made a musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, last year. <laughs> like, but crazy. at the same time, it's like, watching this movie, you're also like, yeah, no one else is going to get the same kind of opportunities that Spielberg did. No. Because we look at, like, the way... Now we see exactly how his career kind of started, and it's like, yeah, no one, not everyone has the opportunity to like get a hold of this equipment. Right. Um, you know, there's like moments where he's like literally just like gifted cameras from people, uh, yeah. and he has he constantly has these opportunities. Uh, well, and the movie doesn't shy away from that and all either, that. Yeah, of the luck of it, you know. Like I think that is something that. <laughs> and, and the moment at the end with uh, John Ford, I yes. think, is so amazing too because it is that moment of like that's luck he, he he lucked into that meeting and getting to to speak with him i mean yeah. i imagine that's a real story i don't think it would be in here if it wasn't at least based in reality um yeah and i think the the way because that's the thing that like with everything i i feel like a lot of times hard work is, is put above all when luck is really like the most important thing <laughs> in a lot of ways like you're I'm not going to shade anyone. <laughs> but, you know, like, hard work is obviously very important, but, like, to make it to the point where you are a Steven Spielberg, where you are a James Cameron, luck is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that the good thing about this is that moments like that and having uh, Seth Rogen's character uh, buying him that camera and, and, like, it's luck, and it's, it is what it is. So, anyway. Yeah. It is what it is. That's how we're ending the Fable Moon segment. I, I don't know. <laughs> we're two and a half hours. Moving in. on. <laughs> um, no, I, I feel like we had a good discussion about the Fablemans. Yeah. Um, we don't want to get too personal or yeah. else they, they won't stay tuned for the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, man, maybe this should have just been our number one. <laughs> I mean, it was close, but uh, it was nothing was going to top the next one for number one for me. Uh, no, no, no. Um, here, let's see. Two sixteen oh five. Okay, so what we're looking at mm -hmm. is with nineteen points. Yeah, my number two. Yeah, your number one. Yeah, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, and I will say we saw this when it came out, which mm -hmm. was like May of last year, right? I feel like maybe if I rewatched this before, it would probably have been at one, maybe. But I. You know, it's just one of those movies where it's harder to remember certain specifics about. And another one that I feel like a lot of people have just seen, too. So it's not quite, like, Top Gun level, but you've probably seen this movie. Or are aware of it. <laughs> yes. Where do we want to start? That's a, that's that's uh, that's the uh, reboot already underway. Best Picture winner. Yeah. yeah. 
I, uh, I mean, I'm honestly was surprised it wasn't your number one uh, as well, but, you know, it's just... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, fine. I'll change it. You know, you don't have to. No, no, no. Stop. <laughs> I'm self-conscious. We already talked about this. But I mean, this is this is one of those movies where it's like you, you never expect to have a you know see this kind of movie, mm-hmm. um, and yet you're like, yeah, this is exactly what movies should be. Yes. You know, like this is everything you could ever want in a movie, um, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. Because I do remember when I like first learned about this movie, it's just when they put out the trailer, I was like, oh, the Swiss Army Man directors have a new movie? Yeah. I'll probably check it out. And I watched it, and I was like, it seems like it's like trying to do like a Doctor Strange thing, but with like an indie approach kind of deal. Yeah. And then the movie ends up being like so much so more much than better that. better than Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like absolutely showing up, like all these Marvel movies, uh, where they're, you know, like you see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, like... A, uh, two months after this movie and you're like that's it those are all the multiverses you could come up with that's amateur hour marvel <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh they're painting this one try hot dog fingers <laughs> honestly though um yeah just the creativity and the imagination in this one that's also tied into uh like very real emotional depth and and character arcs yeah did you hit the table no. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> I get spooked at this time of night. Yeah. Um, it's 1230. <laughs> um, I lost what I was saying. Character but anyway, arcs. Character arcs. Um, character depth. Um, just uh, very uh, familial um, trauma and um, relationships and, and love and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just naming things well, yeah, now. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Like, the way it ties all of these, like, really wacky concepts in with that and can make... There's, like, a really great scene mm-hmm. with the hot dog fingers that yeah. is very... Like, it, it's, it's wacky that they have hot dog fingers, but there's real... Like weight to that scene right. in in a way that is like heartbreaking in its own way. So like it, just the way they actually tied all these themes in together with um, just some of the strangest imagery you'll ever see is amazing. Um, yeah, I mean that's really the key to what makes this movie work so well is that you know when you start thinking about the multiverse and like the idea that anything that could happen essentially does happen, um, and you kind of like lose sight of who uh, who you are as a person among all that kind of deal. And what really makes this movie work is the fact that you know everyone in this movie is treated with such humanity and empathy, kind of thing. Even mm-hmm. even the villains of the you know the quote unquote villains of the movie, yes. you know, it's just. Everything is about it is just kind of centered on this empathy, and that, um, and that's what really makes it. You know, the thing that grounds it, and uh, where it's not just you know relying on the wacky concept, the high concept nature of the multiverse. Um, that's what really makes it hit home. You know, yes, something that <laughs> Doctor Strange doesn't have either. We're no. like, what was America's arc in this movie? I don't know. She punches stuff now. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they like were like, oh, we had to give Doctor Strange an arc. I, I, yeah, we can't give everyone an arc here. <laughs> like, come on, there's too many characters. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the best action of the year as well, like yeah. shot and choreographed, and the way they continue to elevate the action. I think of the scene where they have to continually do like, what is it? They have to do like something like unexpected or whatever. Yeah. So the one dude. <laughs> 
has to uh, jump on the statue and put that in a certain place. And, uh, you know, you don't want to spoil anything. But, uh, this is less avoiding spoilers and more avoiding, you know... Profanity. <laughs> an R rating. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's the other thing, too. It's wonderfully profane in the mm-hmm. best way without being, like, seeming senseless about it, I guess. It, it is so funny when, you know, that trophy first shows up in the scene <laughs> and you just hear people laughing already because you already know where it's leading. Yeah. But the thing is, it's also great because it works as a joke just in that moment and then it just keeps building on it from there. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. I, I'm gonna. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Is it K. Hui Kwan? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. He is amazing in this movie and yeah. like his moments and the way he plays the same character but in very different <laughs> realities is great. Like the scene that is absolutely devastating and everyone has talked about because it's just one of those lines that's so well written mm-hmm. and like that in another life I would have loved just doing taxes and laundry with you. Was like, yeah, pro what? <laughs> Like, that's in this movie? Like, wow. That's painful <laughs> to hear in a good way, yeah. you know? Um, and, yeah, so, like, stuff like that, he's just great in. I, it's, it's his award. Like, he's going to win. He's, he's absolutely going to win the uh, best supporting, uh, yeah. right, is what he's in. Yeah. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, Stephanie Shu is also very great in the movie, um, playing, yeah, okay, so what, what do we spoil here? This is a movie that's been out, but playing a, a couple dual roles, I suppose. Well, I mean, pretty much everyone in this movie is playing dual yeah, roles, true, that's true, not a spoiler. True, yeah, yeah. Um, her different, uh, characters in the same character that she plays, great as well, um, and just, like, yeah, those emotional moments between her and Michelle Yu are just top notch just actually just like another like again this movie has like the wackiest stuff in it and then just also the most like oh this is painful right (laughs) it's so good i mean that's a huge part of the reason why this movie works is like if it was just the movie about this family in the laundromat trying to get through their taxes like that would actually be compelling on its own is Mm -hmm. you know the thing where like all those scenes really work where you're not, it's not the thing where you're like, okay, skip ahead, get to the good stuff kind of deal. You're like, yeah, this is really compelling in its own right. Yes. <laughs> and then all of these universes are compelling. Yeah. And it's the th- it's so the that when that line comes through, where it is like in another life, I would have been happy just yeah. doing uh, taxes with you. You're like, yeah, because that stuff's actually. <laughs> it's also good. <laughs> it's really good. The, the, I don't need to see more of the movie Star Universe. <laughs> it's perfect where that part of the movie the like if it was just that part of the movie it would be a good movie if it was just all the wacky stuff still be a good movie but mm-hmm. the fact that they combine both of them it's just like this is just another tier like right. it's just actually one of the best movies and like, i think ever. that's what brings it to like such a higher level than swiss army man where swiss yes. army man nailed the wacky aspect mm-hmm. but then the emotional stuff you're like yeah this isn't working as it well it tried for it but it just couldn't get there yeah no um but this i'm i'm so interested to see where the daniels go with their career after this point because I don't think I think they were you know the most surprised by the (laughs) by the fact that this uh, kind of blew up as an award contender do we think this is gonna win I I honestly think this will win I I think this is a very strong chance of winning yeah I think (laughs) I think it's either All Quiet on the Western Front is gonna win it's kind of like the uh, you know the way Coda won last year where Mm -hmm. it's just like splits the difference kind of deal yes or it's gonna be like a parasite win where everyone's like holy crap they awarded the correct winner (laughs) (laughs) yeah And that's the thing where I'm at, too, where I'm like, I think I like Tar 
I, again, I don't even know if I like it more. It's just one of those where it's like, I feel like that's just in my mind where I'm like, okay, that is like probably my favorite, but this is like so close. There's just such different movies is the thing too. Absolutely, it's just like, yeah. it's hard to really compare them. Um, but this is the one I want to win. I, I like Tar. Fine, if it won, that would be cool. But I want this one to win. This is the only one I want it, to win. <laughs> it would just be such a satisfying win, too, because it just has like such this, uh, you know, do-it-yourself kind of style to the filmmaking, which is like mm-hmm. so inspiring. Yes. Um, where you know, like all the all the like costuming and the way they kind of, you know, they say that they. Uh, I guess the idea is that they made this for Marvel's catering budget is what their what their yeah. quote is, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, this is. I don't know how you got away with this because like it just the never feels. Even though most of it ends up taking place in like the same building, it never feels like isolating kind of deal. No, and and it is just so. It's the same thing where it's like just aligning yourself with great people to work on it too. And I wish I knew the names of some of these people, but whoever did the fight choreography top notch like yeah. actually just some of the best fight choreography in a long time um yeah. it, it it does feel very much like the comedy version of the matrix and, yeah and part of that is because <laughs> yeah the martial arts scenes are actually really good <laughs> like i think back to the the fanny pack scene yeah. you know that's insanely cool and the way they like mix the zaniness in with that too where he like puts it up the guy's nose or whatever at a certain it's just like the, the way they like continue to be like this is a great action scene but it's also still goofy it doesn't lose its goofy spirit even when it does go into those deeper moments it's, it's right. still got that and just just absolutely just should win best picture <laughs> um yeah i don't know is there anything else you'd like to add to it i guess i i mean there's so much to talk about with this movie is the thing mm-hmm. um but it's all just kind of like uh, it would be just like kind of like calling out like that's a great moment like yeah. you know it's like raccoonie great yes. bet this, I don't really know what else we need to go into depth about it. Dude, uh, calling and that all the good bits, so, but and such a good theater experience that we had for this too, where everyone was enjoying it. Too. Yeah, it's one of those where you don't know. I, my mom saw us, hated it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know like that. This movie. But she, my mom doesn't like anything weird. If anything, she's like thinks is weird. She's like, oh, I don't like that. That's weird. Do you think that maybe she actually really loved it, but wants to hate it because she doesn't want? She wants Top Gun Maverick to win, oh. and she's like, Top Gun Maverick's never gonna win with this in the competition. So yeah. she's actually trying to talk down. We'll, uh, the we'll movie. go with yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> I like that idea. Um, but like you know you. It's it's an out there concept without their moments that it could have just been a theater that wasn't into it, you know. But the, the theater was very much into it yeah. when that Rakakuni part comes up when they like call back to it and there's a mo- moment with it. You're, everyone lost their mind. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely a crowd pleaser, and yes. uh, yeah, it, again, it is so surprising because Swiss Army Man is very much that movie where it's like, yeah, this is absolutely made for like the most niche crowd possible. Uh, whereas <laughs> this yeah. movie, you're like, yeah, it's probably going to be that again. And then the fact that it did blow up as much as it did, uh, that's uh, yeah, it's. It, it just makes me happy that this movie is doing as well as it is. Yeah. And, and even if this doesn't win Best Picture, the Daniels are going to do something just as crazy next time. Because now they've been <laughs> empowered, I guess, is a way to put it, to do more of this, you know? It is going to it's gonna be interesting because now it's like, now all eyes are on them kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas before they were very much just like they would... 
you know, they've, they were able to do the weird stuff they wanted to do, but now it's like, now they got an audience, so what are they going to do with the mainstream attention kind of deal, huh? Yeah, um... Which I hope, honestly, I think the best, uh, best outcome of that is that they just keep doing more of the same, where it's not like they do, uh... You know, like an everywhere, everything everywhere all at once too, where it's like, oh, now there's more universes and we got a bigger budget thing. Like yeah, that would suck. That would. You don't but if you that. do like another thing where it's like this is very much just like a weird, wacky concept that no one else would possibly make, and we're doing it with like this very small budget and doing it with this very uh, do-it-yourself style, that's what I want to see more of. You know? Yes, absolutely. I um, yeah, I'm just I'm excited. I hope this wins. I think it will win Best Picture. Um, and that will just be, again, with Parasite, like, I feel like in recent years, they've gotten a little bit more on the line of like, let's <laughs> let the right thing win, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's exciting. And honestly, this year, I'd almost say, let the right thing get nominated too. like just the nominees this year, like we already talked about insanely good. Um, it is it is a solid pack. Uh, I'd have to take a look. Even at Elvis, it. the lowest of my nominees, I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of like it's it. It's not Green Book, <laughs> <It's> you know, <laughs> so it's not that bad. Um, where like even the ones that I liked, I'm like, yeah, I guess that that weren't nominated for Best Picture. I guess I wouldn't have even ever seen. I never had hopes that they would have gotten Best Picture. Maybe Babylon, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the only person in the world who liked it. I feel like that. Um, yeah, Babylon's like loved Nope, but I, I never was ever a chance of that getting <laughs> nominated at all. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, that's <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. Another movie that's like you've seen this. So yeah. what are we gonna say about it? You know all the bits. I mean, I don't know if everyone's seen this one. Mm. Uh, this, <laughs> this made like one tenth of what Top Gun made. That's I don't think true. you can make the same claim. Anyone in film circles has seen this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sure. I guess. You know what I mean? I uh, Again, I think it's just a movie that people are kind of like aware of, and it is kind yes. of an easy concept to get, because the multiverse is everywhere now. It's just and mainstream. And this is, this is the you best one You dig on multiverse? <laughs> but it, 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 is, it is also, yeah, very, very exciting that multiverses are everywhere, and the fact that the best one is this one that was just made for the smallest budget, yeah. um, that's great. It's pretty wild. You know Marvel's kicking themselves. They're like, <laughs> oh my god, how? How did we not have the cooler one? Um, yeah. I don't know. Do we want to say anything else about uh, ye old everything everywhere all at once? We can, we can wrap it up. We can wrap it up. That takes us right at the 2.30 mark. Oh, we got to wrap 32. it up. What? We got to wrap it up. Yeah, we're doing it. Okay. Because we don't want to be longer than the movies that we're talking about. Um, still, still shorter than Elvis. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so guys, that is our uh, list of the ranked Best Picture uh, nominees for 2023. Did did you think Elvis was going to be better? Did you think it was going to be worse? How do you feel about war? <laughs> what did we talk about at the beginning of this podcast? Um, anyway... What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. We'll do that joke again. Yeah, we're kind of playing a bad joke the first. We're time. playing the hits this time. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. If you made it through all the way, right? This was obviously recorded before the ceremony, so yes. we're going to watch that tomorrow night we will. and uh, be excited. Uh, Aaron, yeah, we've got some podcasts to upload. Well, I've got some podcasts to upload. They're edited. Don't know why I didn't upload them. So if yeah. you're listening to this and you're like, "Hey, you got need more podcasts." Mm-hmm. We got two coming. Uh, 
I'm still not convinced I didn't upload those, but still. Uh, we'll upload those again, and then, uh, who knows? Maybe a few good men? <laughs> we'll finally get to that. Here's what I'm thinking. We're never going to watch a few This is a little men. inside baseball. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know, Monster Hunter has taken over my life. <laughs> you and uh, someone else. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, but Mondays are days where... We just don't play Monster Hunter at all. So maybe we could turn Monday into movie night. Is this what your life is now? We gotta schedule everything around your Monster Hunter addiction? No. <laughs> no. How dare you? <laughs> but, you know, Mondays are, would be a good day, I think. Well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But we gotta watch A Few Good Men. We have to. It's the one that we've always stopped on every time. I don't even know if that's the one we did stop. It on, is. But I, <laughs> I know it is because I remember saying we're definitely doing it this time, and then we did it. I bought the 4K and everything. Yeah, we're you definitely still can't rent it. <laughs> that's so stupid. So maybe you'll see some of that, but you get ready for a little Little Miss Sunshine and um, uh, Simple Favor first, um, and then we'll we'll see what happens after that. Um, but yeah, if you want to find us around the internet, you can find Aaron at myhonestopinion.com. Yeah. I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I can't plug that. No. I mean, my account's still up there, but uh, right. I just don't visit Twitter anymore. <laughs> oh, you're not missing much. Um, that being said, I am still on Twitter. <laughs> um, what was I going to say, though? Uh, you want to plug the errands a little bit? You kind of talked a little bit about it. That's but. true. I mean, yeah, if you want uh, more kind of... Uh, I don't want to say more comprehensive, but... but Award show goodness. Cleverer wording uh, <laughs> of my thoughts on the, my favorite films of the year. You know, the errands are up on uh, myhonestopinion.com. Uh, so you can read my picks for the best films and best performances and various other awards of the year. Um, as well as with TV shows, because uh, I watch those too. Um, they're all up there. They've been up there. You might have already read them already. Um, but yeah, they're True. there. <laughs> I'll do it again next year. Heck yeah. I don't know why I say hell on this podcast. I can say that. Um, yeah. And if you want to find me around the internet, um, same as always. You got Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. Uh, Jake Lace on Letterboxd. You can read my thoughts and reviews there. Read my haikus. I didn't even get to my haikus. I've been doing haikus. i got to write three of them tonight, so I edit this. He doesn't know how haikus work, though, because he uses too oh many syllables. God. Oh, my God. No. Camera. <laughs> Camera can be two. Um... <laughs> Anyway, I'm freaking out about that. Um, yes, you can uh, definitely follow me on there, and I, I post my reviews. Do I change star ratings sometimes because I get self-conscious? Yeah. You know what? Sometimes I, I feel like I just got to feel it, you know? And I'm like, you know what? That's a five star, and I just got to stick to it. I can't be swayed by other opinions. That's just, that's a joke, because sometimes other people's opinions are important, and they help you shape your own and uh, teach you things sometimes. Maybe we did that today. Why am I still talking? You're uh, me, man. <laughs> so thank you all for listening, uh, if you're, you're still listening, and uh, enjoy the Oscars tonight, because this will be up, <laughs> they'll be tonight. Um, and if you're doing anything at all, uh, as far as wanting anything to win, if you're making like a little summoning circle, summon circle a little everything everywhere all at once winning best picture. So. You know what should win best picture this year? What's that? The Bye Bye Man. <laughs> and there it is, folks. <laughs> Goodbye.